met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee, but tonight we have an extraordinary returning guest from last week whose perspective dragged my mind into another dimension, literally. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host and creator of No Apologies, Raven Keith. Now then, Raven. Well, how are you doing today, General? Oh, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yourself? Doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. Good. I've got a treat. Good. I got a treat for everybody today. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> That's what we want to hear, mate. <laughs> Don't, uh, oh, something else I wanted to cover the minute you and I started talking is uh, I misquoted myself. I misquoted myself last week when I was talking about the uh, size of books. I was talking about uh, Stephen King books, and uh, it's uh, not Pet Cemetery that was a little stand. Um, Yeah, the stand was 1,183 pages, and I think uh, it was 1,150, but uh, I I had misspoken, and I had said Pet Cemetery because I had literally just reread it. Um, Pet Cemetery is 480 or 490, so I wanted to make sure everybody knew that I wasn't just blowing smoke. I wanted to to make that correction. (laughs) We appreciate that, mate. Uh, Nobody would... um... Nobody would say anything anyway, mate, you know. Uh, I, I admire well, your honesty. Anyway. Well, you know, you make your, you make your apologies. You do. Not many people. That's, um, you know, we have to be yeah. sincere in what we do. We do, mate, yeah. yeah. But anyway, we wanted to talk about Sasquatch this week. <laughs> <laughs> mate, well, it's just well, the word I, Sasquatch and it makes me smile. <laughs> well, you know, the thing with me is, is there's different names. Um... Sasquatch is the old Northwestern name, and for people who aren't familiar with the United States, that's like Oregon and Washington, over on the West Coast, the the Northwest. Um, There's a tribe out there, and Sasquatch is the name that they gave them. Right. Um, Bigfoot Bigfoot was strictly commercial. Um, It was a a money-making enterprise, and when I see people saying, oh, I'm out hunting Bigfoot, I immediately just turn them off. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's embarrassing. Maybe the other name. Well, yeah, true, true. I mean, it's it's just yeah. uh, to me, it's kind of you know, yeah, they have big feet, but you know, it's to me that's like the ultimate insult because it's just commercialism at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other interesting thing is, is a lot of tribes call them Sabe. Um, there's different ways that it's spelled, but it's basically S A B E Sabe. Um, now, the interesting thing about that word that that name is actually from the Mediterranean region, Sabe, um, really? pronounce it that way. Um, so I find it really interesting. 
some tribes are actually using a dialect that's similar similar to old Persian when they right. say Sabe. And that's yeah. the name that they give for Sasquatch. Um, and I thought it would be really interesting because a lot of people don't go through history. They think, oh, Bigfoot's something new. And it's like we were talking last week. I said, Damana, you know, UFOs are nothing new. Um, yeah. It's just that they keep trying to misrepresent and say that this is a new phenomenon. Um, when in fact it's not. Um, and since you like India, I figured I would start with India. Um, you've heard about Rama, the god Rama. Yes, yes. Well, one of, one of his friends was Hanuman. And I hope I pronounced that right. Um, it's not my dialect, but um, one of his friends was Hanuman, who was a hairy human. And he really? used a whole well, army. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait, um, how do you, you spell Hanuman, please? It's H-A-N-U-M-A-N, Hanuman. Hanuman, thank you. He was a hairy human. And when Rama's wife got stolen and they needed to build the bridge, which they have finally found on satellite, um, there's a bridge that goes from India down to uh, where the old islands used to be in the uh, uh, Indian Ocean. And you can see it from satellite. Now, I wish I could remember her name and the name of the island, but the story is, is that his wife got stolen by a person who had a ship, and, well, he didn't want to build a ship. So Hanuman and a whole army of hair-covered beings built the bridge for Rama to go rescue his wife. Now, that is from old East Indian texts. <laughs> so that's how that far back that story me. goes. That's fascinating, that. Um, for the start, Raven, right, I've never heard of Sabe. I have never well, heard of that, that, that definition. Um, but the, the, well, you know, the name Sabe is, is a name that's used in the north, but not northwest. Um, you'll hear the name Sabe in some, some uh, Canadian tribes, too. Ah, um, right, right, okay. But, but you'll hear it in some of the north-central, like, uh, let's say, uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, that area of the country. Um, and some in the, like up in New York, northern New York, up through there, some of the tribes call them Sabe there. Um, the interesting thing about the word Sabe is, you know, you got the Sabatines, which were from the Mediterranean. But that language, that particular word would be Persian, um, which I find really interesting. Yeah, very um, nice, but Hanuman, Hanuman is one of the oldest stories we have. Um, you know, and then there's the story about Esau. Esau was covered in hair. That's from the Bible. So, do you know right? What we're what? Six minutes in, and my mind's <laughs> already melting away. I love well, it, mate. I love it. <laughs> my thing is memory. Yeah. So if we're going to do these podcasts, I want, like I said last week, I want to give your viewers, and, and since we're going to make this a dual podcast. Um, I want to give everybody the biggest bang I can for the buck. And, and the way that you do this is you point out to people that this is not a new phenomenon. You know, they're, they're trying to change UFO to UAP. Well, no, it's not. It's a UFO. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I can't, uh, I can't identify it. Yeah, um, it's, um, but uh, again, the, the UFO is a commercial thing. Well, I think it's the same thing that they've always done. It's about disinformation. Same thing with, with the Bigfoot or the, the Sasquatch yeah. or the Sabe, yeah. whatever word you... Yeah, I always say though. Sabe, so... Um, Sabe. I always say Sabe out, out of respect. Well, Sabe is more about the people. They are a race of people. And uh, I always say Sabe out of respect. Um, I, you'll hardly ever hear me say Bigfoot. Now, the people that live with me in this area, the Cherokee, we'll call them Foot. 
sometimes when we're referring to them. <laughs> uh, I saw a foot the other day. Where, where were you at? Well, I was up on top of the mountain. I said, was he friendly? Oh, he just walked by. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's between ourselves, you know, and yeah. We're, yeah. we're not being dis. But it's just yeah. an easier way for us to communicate it. Um, yeah. I do not know if there's a Cherokee word for Bigfoot. Um, I really don't. It's not in our language. So are you actually in an Indian reservation? Is that where you, you reside? Yeah. Yeah, I live I live on the reservation in Cherokee, North Carolina. Wow. Um, you know, I haven't always lived here, but I was born here. Um, and then, uh, you know, reservations are very, people don't know much about them. Um, reservations um, historically have been very impoverished. So to find work, a lot of times people had to move or they went in the military. Um, and that's what happened with me. My, my grandfathers were in the military. And when they came back, they had trade skills that they could use, but not here. So my family ended up moving. So I, I spent a lot of my life not not Baby. with Baby. the Cherokee people. Sorry, mate. You know, are you have you got headphones on? Yeah. Have you? You know your microphone. Is it working now? Yeah, it's fine. It just might be a bit too close to your mouth. It's got like a bit distorted. I, I backed it off. Is that better? That's spot on, mate. That's brilliant. Perfect. All right. Sorry, sorry, mate. But yeah. Oh, that's all right. I, I want people to be able to hear us. But yeah, for me, um, I wasn't raised here because of, of the work situation. And I, I know parts of, of England and parts of Ireland had that problem in, in the 60s and 70s, too. You had to move if you wanted to work. Um, so I wasn't raised here, but I don't know that my tribe actually has a word that we use for, for Sabe. Well, I'll tell you what, um, mate. Listen to this, what I've just found. I've just found, right. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's T-S-U-L. Mm-hmm. And then K-A-L-U is also known as the Cherokee Devil, a Bigfoot-like creature. I see. I have never heard that. That would be uh, uh, spell it for me again. Uh, it's T S U L uh, hyphen K A L U. It's a cool. It's a little calorie, is it? Something like that. Yeah. Well, the the T is not really pronounced. It's like a Sukulu. That's it. Yeah. It's also it's like a sound T. Oh, fire. Yeah. Sukulu. Well, see, now you've taught me something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mate. Uh, uh, thank you. I, I mean, I wouldn't have looked at this if it wasn't for you, Raven. I mean, like last week. Well, you know. <laughs> mate. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is like here we see them, but it seems to be like in waves about every 20 years or so. And I don't ah, know right. why that is. Um, it could have something to do with solar cycles. I, I really don't know, but but it's kind of like in waves. There was a wave in the 1960s, and then there was a wave in the 1980s, late 70s and 80s, and then there's been a wave in in the 2000s, yeah. and now we've had another wave. Um, started about 2018. Um, so I, I don't know what it is. It's like a 20 year cycle. Oh, and if you that, think that's interesting in itself, well, isn't it? I, 
Well, and if you think about the solar cycles, there are 11 years up and 11 years down. That would be 22 years. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think in patterns, and, and that's the reason why I brought that up is because uh, it, it's the same thing in the Midwest. It's the same thing in Tennessee. It's the same thing out West. It seems to be like this 20-year pattern. Um, I haven't been able to lock it down to the solar patterns because I really just haven't had the time to, to do it. But um, it does seem like it could be solar effective um, <laughs> because 22 years is the solar cycle. And about every 22 years, you start having when the solar cycle is down, you start having more sightings. So are they related? Um, there's a pattern there. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so. I talked about Hanuman. That's from uh, India. Uh, he was a friend of Rama. Um, then you have Esau. Esau was, you know, in the Bible, he was hairy, covered in hair. Um, you know, uh, How do you spell in the Bible, well, and, and then in, in the Bible also, they talk about Cain being marked. Yes. Now, I don't know if that's the same thing, but when Cain was sent away, there were other people and he had to be marked so that they wouldn't hurt him. So who were the other people? <laughs> yeah. You know, these are all things that, that kind of fall into play. Um, do you think, do you think Cain was a Zabe? Well, he was marked. Okay. Now what that mark was, we have no idea. But the, the main point that I was trying to make is that he had to be marked so that the other people would not cause him harm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm more thinking along the lines it was the other people. Right. And then uh, Hushin of China, who was an explorer, came to the United States. Now, a lot of people don't know this. The Chinese were on the west coast of the United States a lot. Um, as traders and in intercontinental traders. Right. Um, but Hushin was his name, Hushin. It's H U S H I N, Hushin of China. Okay. Um, talks about the Fusang. Um, it's F U S A N G, Fusang. And what they were is they were hermaphrodites, they were male and female, but they were completely covered in hair. The only thing that was exposed was their nipples for feeding the, the babies. Yeah. Um, and then you also have uh, the same story <laughs> that was uh, talked about with, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Give me just a second. Um, okay. Well, there's the reference to the hermaphrodites that were covered in hair in the Americas. But then there's also... A, a reference to hermaphrodites that were covered in hair in the Himalayas in Tibet. And uh, I think that would have been Marco Polo. Don't hold me to it. I'm thinking. Um, I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> but oh, uh, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's all right. But uh, Marco Polo talked about the same thing in ne Nepal and Tibet. There were, there were hermaphrodites. These were male and female, not one or the other. And they were com completely covered in hair except for their nipples when they were nursing babies. Um, and then you also have uh, Varahamira, and I hope I pronounced that right. We're back to the East Indians again, um, okay. but it's Varahamira. Uh, it's like a V A R A. Hang on a second, V A R A H A M I 
H-I-R-A. I'm, I'm spelling it out for people so they can look it up themselves. Yeah, but anyway, well, I'll, this, do it, I'll, I'll make notes, and then I'll add it to uh, show notes. But anyway, so uh, Varaha Mihira was an explorer from India, and he also spoke about the same thing. Uh, a hermaphroditic race, they were male and female, and they, by the way, they could breed both ways, apparently, but they were completely covered in hair. And they were in the Himalayas. And they were in the Himalayas. Now, this is very, very old stuff. This is like two and three thousand years old. So it's not new. (laughs) Um, And then you have the Vanara, which is V-A-N-A-R-A. The Vanara were in Hindu texts. Uh, I mean, they're still in in Hindu texts. And uh, they were a man. You know, that's what the American or the uh, Europeans translated it as man ape, but um, completely covered in hair. So it's not new. (laughs) Um, Crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's just this thing where everybody likes to think that this is something new or something, you know, that. But no, these these stories go back thousands of years. I mean, at least 2000 and some of them as many as four or five thousand. Um, and then Marco Polo, one of the most famous explorers, um, even mentions them. So it's not, you know, it's, it's not that, that, that they haven't been mentioned. Now, let's go to a more modern thing. Um, in the Mediterranean, they say that there used to be mercenaries that were covered in hair. Their hair was so thick and their skin was so hard, you couldn't shoot them with just regular arrows. You had to have longbows and iron tips. Um, to get through their hair. <laughs> um, there is a story, and I, I want to say it is from Herodotus. I've read so many things lately, but it, I, I think it is from Herodotus that talks about Agamemnon hiring a whole regiment of these things to these oh, people. I've as heard part of his army. similar to this. I've heard of something, to the, something along these lines. What was that name uh, again then? <laughs> Herodotus. Herodotus. Yeah, but there, there's a there's a story from Herodotus in his histories that talks about Agamemnon and Xerxes hiring these as mercenaries. Um, but they're completely covered in hair. Whoa. Um, so we have all kinds of references through time. You know, today they act like this is something new, but you know, uh, a lot of us, you know, we say that they're the old people. They're the ones that were here before us. Yeah. So, and you know, there's, uh, since we're there, we'll talk about my, my encounters and, and I'll kind of fill in. Um, the first encounter that I had was uh, out in Oregon. I was in uh, Oregon, just, just north of California, um, where the Redwoods are at. And I was, I was doing some work for a friend of mine and he had this, really nice cabin the windows went all the way to the floor but now the floor floor set about four feet off the ground and me and my wife at the time were sitting there and watching television and this glass is all across the end of the house it was really beautiful it faced faced the sunset but anyway it's dark outside and we have the lights on and we're watching tv the tv sets right in front of the windows and this thing comes past the corner of the house and walks by. And as it gets to the TV, it just turns and looks at us. And then just walks on by, you know, like if you're walking 
yeah. you know, like a good looking girl or whatever, you turn your head to look. <laughs> That's what I did to us. I love it, man. Um, and we're watching TV. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's like, and, and, like and, it didn't have a curve in the world. It's just like, uh, just man. walk by. You know, it's, it's like a young guy looking at a girl and he just kind of turns his head and walks by and goes, uh huh. That's what he did to yeah. us. Or wow. she, I, I couldn't tell you. But the TV was sitting about four. The TV was sitting about four feet off the floor, and its shoulders and head was above the TV. That means that this thing had to be at least ten foot tall, because you're four foot off the ground of the floor, and then yeah, you're about yeah. four feet off the floor to the top of the TV. And it looked at us over the top of the TV, and it had like dark hair. And the only thing I can tell you about its face is its face had hair, you know, like bangs. And yeah. it looked like it had a beard that came right underneath its eyes. You could see, kind of see its lips. But to me, it just looked like an aboriginal from Australia covered in hair. Really? It had that it's, same no, kind of facial structure. It's funny you should say that, right? Because, um, I mean, I'm, this police, anybody, I'm not being racist at all, but they do have a more, the look more of, like the description of a Sasquatch, like not quite a, but well, it's, it's that brat, it's that brow ridge. That yeah, they yeah, 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 yeah. And I've got and friends do what? I've got Aboriginal friends that do walkabouts out in the bush. So oh, uh, right. you know, I I'm not being offensive at all. But to me, he just looked like a very giant version of a good, healthy bushman. <laughs> you know, covered in hair. Yeah. But. The weird thing about it was, is, is my wife and I sat there for a couple of minutes and, and we, you know, just kind of sit there like we were dazed. And I know I looked him in the eyes and he had that dark colored eye, you know, like the, the aboriginals in Australia have. Um, the ones that have that dark brown that kind of has the gold sparkles in it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like. Um, that's, what his, that's what his eyes look like. It's hard to explain, but, isn't it? It's hard to explain. I know what you mean, though. But anyway, um, we just sit there for a few minutes. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I kind of snapped out of whatever. And I said, did you see that? And she goes, uh-huh. And she goes, you saw it, too. I said, uh-huh. I'm a hunter. I'm a tracker. If I saw a deer go by the outside, I'd have went outside to see it. Yeah, but this 10-foot yeah. ten, ten person walks by, and I'm pretty nonchalant about it, which – even to this day is, is, is like, you know, strange to me. Yeah. Do you think it will be like, like you was a bit shocked by, by the way, like, uh, the old experience was like just walking past as if like it's a normal thing. Well, you know, let's, let's give your uh, listeners a laugh. Uh, you know, what would have happened if it walked by while me and she were, she and I were doing our thing. <laughs> It'd probably stop watching you. It might have stopped and watched. I don't know, but, yes, but yes. you know, you have to, That's what I think. You, you have to keep your sense of humor. You know, keep yeah. your sense of humor. But, but this thing just kind of walked by and, and yeah, stunned. You know, it's the first time I'd ever seen one. Well, mate, and, and I tell you, it's a good job. It wasn't uh, aggressive. I've never had that issue. And most of the people that I know have yeah. never had that issue. Um, I find that when you hear stories about these, these beings being aggressive, it's usually some horse's ass doing something they shouldn't be. They're out in the woods just shooting guns. Or, or they're hunting illegally, um, or, or they're just, you know, tearing up the woods on, on, a, on an ATV or whatever. Um, 
if you're out there damaging things or, or being disrespectful, you know, maybe somebody needs to teach you a lesson. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's wrong, isn't it, to just shoot to work to go out. Uh, it is wrong. It's not, well, like, I mean, it's not like hunting an animal, really, is it, for food? It's completely exactly. different. It's exactly. Exactly. Like shooting a human? Really? Well, you know, well, for me, if somebody goes hunting and they're putting food in their fridge, and I realize it's a little bit different in England now because of the change in gun laws and, and the population, but if you're going to hunt or fish and you're going to eat it to supplement your food, I'm all for that. But if yeah, you're out yeah. trophy hunting, and that's what we call it, trophy hunting, yeah, yeah, that's not right. No, it's not. It's not. It's um, very wrong. And, you know, I, I have heard a few um, like stories about aggressive Sasquatch. And to be honest with you, mate, they're the kind of stories that I doubt. Because you get a lot of people, mate, they're making things up. It's like uh, there's like a, almost a, a blueprint. Of, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you well, know. But if you go back to what I was just saying, the people who the people who have bad stories yeah. that I kind of lean towards believing, um, that doesn't mean I know or I don't. You know, you have to take it with a grain of salt. But the people who have bad stories, listen to what they were doing. They were out out just shooting for for the kicks of it, or they were out trophy hunting. Um, they were out tearing up through the woods on a, on a motorcycle or whatever, being being horses asses. Well, I mean, it, it seems to me like the ones that have bad experiences brought it on themselves with their own attitudes. Yeah, it's common, um, right? Yeah. You know, my second experience, <laughs> I, I had this thing about sleeping in my recliner. I don't know how many people do that. But uh, I'd fall asleep in my recline, recliner. And one more, I, I didn't say it, mate. I didn't say it. <laughs> well, I woke up one morning with that feeling that somebody was looking at you. And I thought it was my, I thought it was my dog. I thought it was my dogs. And, and this is here in North Carolina. I thought it was my dogs. I had two wolf hybrids, beautiful dogs. Um, oh, I thought it was nice then, mate. Oh, beautiful dogs. But, but yeah. I thought they were staring in the window at me. So I'd come out and give them some food for breakfast, you know, cause they do that. They'd get right up next to my window by my chair and they'd whine, you know, they'd, they'd cry, baby, come, come feed us. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I thought was going on. I thought they were sitting there looking at, staring at me. So I opened up my eyes and through the window in front of me, not beside me, I see the perfect outline of this giant man with like silvery gray hair <laughs> and the bluest, the bluest eyes I had ever seen. Wow. Um, and and I, I, I'm staring into these eyes and I stopped breathing. I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm, I know I'm not breathing at this point. And I'm like, man, if I don't do something, I am going to suffocate because I couldn't get air. But his eyes were locked on mine. And, and the only thing I can, have you ever seen the American wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you remember Kevin Nash? No, um, people who are people who aren't, feel familiar with him can look look him up but kevin nash they 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 called him the diesel back in the day but he was huge he was like six foot ten he was a basketball he was six a basketball player but, yeah he was like six foot ten um or six foot eleven but this thing was this thing was taller than that and i'll get to that but but 
the facial characteristics. He looked like this Scandinavian, you know, the, the brow ridge, the strong jaw. And uh, he had a mustache and, and the hair again was like right underneath his eyes and went down across his neck. And, he's, and all I could see was like maybe the top part of his chest, but it was huge. It filled up my whole 36 inch window. <laughs> wow. Um, he was I've just huge. got a picture of up. I've got a picture of Kevin Nash up. I know what, I know what you mean now. Yeah, he's a big lad, isn't it? Yeah, he, he's got that shape, but covered in hair. Um, wow. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, it, it filled up my whole window. And all I can remember is the, is the hair on the face running down onto the shoulders and the eyes. Um, and I stopped breathing. I, I mean, I, I so I, I said, okay, I'm going to, in my brain, I'm thinking, close your eyes, close your eyes. So I closed my eyes, and when I w opened them, it was gone. Now, how long my eyes were closed, I couldn't tell you. But the strangest thing is, is my dogs would chase a squirrel out of the yard. They would chase birds out of the yard. Nobody was allowed in their yard. And they didn't even get up off the deck with this thing standing out the window staring at me. Wow. That is fascinating. I, I was like... Uh... Do you think it's like uh, an animal instinct, like not not to get involved with it, like because it, it, the size of it? Well, well, the other thing too is is maybe it's just it was no threat, or yeah, or, or, so. yeah, or possibly, show. or yeah, possibly yeah. they just weren't even aware it was there. <laughs> uh, these things work. These these sabe work in strange ways. Um. But, you know, the only impression that I got was that 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 being standing there looking at me was letting me know that it was still here. <laughs> I yeah, don't have yeah, any other, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, but standing outside my house. Now, I, I got a ladder later on that day and I got my set in my recliner and tipped back like I was. My ladder was nine feet tall to have my full chest above the ladder to be able to see his face in the same way so that'll tell you how big it was i, I was at least a couple of feet above the ladder <laughs> so you know here we are here we are again 10 11 feet yeah at least yeah and it filled up the whole window <laughs> from that distance it's like holy moly i would not want to wrestle with one no yeah. Oh, Raven, have you ever heard of, I think it's, the, it's related to, I think it's the offspring of a Nephilim, and it's called the Iliad, and you spell that E-L-I-O-U-D, Iliad. 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 Yeah, have you heard of yeah. that? I have heard the name. Um, well, you, my problem with the, the stories about the Nephilim is uh the p particular people who embraced these stories made enemies of everybody else on the planet if it wasn't them they were evil <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm careful i'm careful about how i say that but if you look at the people who created these stories everybody who's not them is evil or less than human um yeah. look at what they you know look what they said about the aboriginals in australia the africans the south americans the North Americans, you know, we're heathens and pagans and we're not really human and True. and uh, yeah. and they've done that to everybody. Um, now, on the story of the Nephilim, you know, the first thing that people always do is they say, well, angels. Well, the pro 
problem with that is, is if you go back to the Hebrew and you translate it, it says messengers. Um, the other thing that it is, is it says they came from above to hear, but that's not really the translation. The translation says is those who were awake came to those who were sleeping. And people get mad at me when I start pointing out the actual translations. But um, so now how are those people awake and the people down here that they had sex with asleep? <laughs> true, true. You know, and that goes back to, uh, well, Rumi's one of them. Rumi said, Rumi, R-U-M-I says that um, this place is, is just a dream. Only a sleeper would think anything different. Upon awakening, you'll find that all your grief is for nothing. You know, that's one of the first people who, that, that I found that, that referred to this place as being a dream. And interestingly enough, the, what did the aboriginals in Australia say? This is dream time. Um, and then you have Maya, which is is from India, that says this is all illusion. Um, but it's really interesting that they say somebody from outside came in here and had sex with those who were inside. And chaos in the process. Um, you know, I do not think that the Sabe are in that same category um, because they don't do evil and they're not evil by nature. And if the, the thing about the Nephilim is true, then their nature would be the same, wouldn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't hear good stories about Nephilim, do you? Like you say. No, you don't. You don't. Um, you know, I missed a bunch of other stuff when I was referring to the old languages. But you got Yeren, you got Yeti, you got Yahweh, or uh, how Yay. do they say it? Uh, Yah how do they say it in Australia? Yahweh? Yeah, the Yowie. I did uh, an episode. One of my mates, he grub. He, um, it's actually grub who suggested that I speak to you. Um, and we did a mm -hmm. an episode on the the Yowie. I'll send it to you when we're finished. Uh, really interesting. Oh, cool. I would love to hear that. Well, in yeah. Japan, they call them. Uh, in Japan, they call them Hibagan. Um, in the Caucasus Mountains of uh, uh, Russia, they call them Almas. So it's not like it's just in one place, you know. Everywhere, um, isn't it? But with me, you know, I told you two of my encounters. I'm going to tell you the third one, and then if we get to the other two before we start talking about something else, it's great. But I was out in Colorado, and I was doing scouting for hunting. And I was coming back into the base camp one day, and I thought I saw three bear going up a ridge. And they were so far away, I couldn't quite make them out, but they were big enough that I thought they were bear. And I kind of referred to this in the last conversation we had, but I got out of my vehicle and I took my monocular and that's what I used is monocular and I put it up and I'm like, no, that can't be right. And they were so far away. I could barely see them. And the big, big three. Now the biggest one looked like it was a couple of feet taller than the second biggest. And the third one looked like it might've been a juvenile, you know, like a teenager. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the biggest one turned, turned and looked right in my eyes oh, from that oh. distance. And, and I'm like, uh, yeah, that is what I thought it was. <laughs> um, oh. And then they were just gone, and I had lost an hour. Now, I, I, I've heard of this before, like lost time. Yes, I've heard about this. Well, and, and here's the thing. Did I just stand next to my vehicle for an hour? I have no idea. I just know that I was an hour later getting back up to the base camp than I should have been. And the only difference was, is I saw them three going up over a ridge and he looked me in the eyes from that distance. 
Um, it was, it was, you know, it, it was one of those things. I can't explain it. You know, I, I just can't explain it. Um, the fourth one I saw was up at Mount Baker, and that is in Washington State, way up in the northwest. Um, I had been up there with a group of college kids as a, an assistant that was kind of like directing work as they were clearing trails. And I had, I had a day off, so I wanted to go up to the top because it was cleared of snow finally. And it was just beautiful up there. If people ever get the chance, Mount Baker, Mount Shookson are just gorgeous. And the people up there are really, really nice people. But they had these uh, binocular things. You know, uh, I don't know if you've seen the, the American movies where they got the uh, – you put a quarter in them or 50 cents in oh, them and you, you can use the binoculars got, for so many minutes. You've got them on uh, Empire State Building at top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they had – they had these at this cabin. Um, it was a ranger's cabin there. Well, and I saw a flash way up in the pass. Say what? They were already set up at the cabin. Yeah, they, they leave them up there for people to use. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, it is. And, you know, it makes some money. But anyway, yeah. so I saw this flash way up in the pass. And I didn't have any binoculars or anything with me. So I just put 50 cents in. And I turned the thing all the way around so I could see the pass. And what I saw was the most well-built Scandinavian girl that you can imagine, you know, like, you know, the Swiss skier type. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm serious. The, the, it, it was a Swiss skier's body. Um, you could tell that she had breasts, but she was completely covered in white hair. Whoa. And then she just kind of dropped down behind the, the, the pass. And when I and she looked again from that distance, she looked right at me, apparently knew that I was looking at her. And when I finally kind of snapped to everybody who had been around me when I had started looking up there was gone. How much time? I couldn't tell you. But uh, that's the second time I, that I actually know that I lost time. Wow. Um, but yeah, I'm telling you right now, hair and all, she was built. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say that, but if you, yeah, how I big you, she you, was, um, and how big she was, I couldn't tell you because I had those things zoned all the way out and she looked small, but she turned around and looked right at me. Um, you know, that, that in itself. The, having the ability to actually lock eyes from such a distance. That's yeah. incredible. That is well, incredible. You know, a lot of people do this. Like if you're in a crowd, like, like say you're at a uh, football game. Yeah. You know, soccer, football. Um, yeah. Or if you're at an American football game or, or if you're in a crowd, you'll all of a sudden turn around and look right at the person that's staring at the back of your neck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we do it all the time. Well, you think about one of us spotting one of them and the intensity that we would have. <laughs> Surely they would feel it. Definitely. Well, uh, I, so think, I think that the reason that they can feel it is that's why they're returning it by locking eyes. Like they know exactly. you've seen them. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I've done it at football games. It was soccer and American football games. Somebody be staring at me. And I'll turn around and look right at them. And they're like yeah. shocked that I knew it was them right there that was staring at me. Yeah, yeah. Um, people do this all the time. 
So it's not something that that's, that's only their trait, even though people like to portray it as something that they do. Um, humans do it all the time. Um, animals do it. If you're out hunting, like, you know, I was telling you all that we, uh, we use tree stands so that we're above and we can see further, but we're also yeah. out of the firing line for other hunters. Well, you can be up in a tree stand and you can be using binoculars to look at elk or deer or bear or whatever. And if you look too long, they will literally turn and look right at you. Um, even though they can't see you. Yeah, so, so it's not fascinating, mate. Isn't it? it really is. It is. Well, you know, it's it, it's about that connection that you make. Yeah. Um, it's not just it's not just the sabe that do this. Um, and then the last time I saw one, I was I was out in Oregon, and I was at a uh, fishing camp, and it had snowed, so everybody was kind of locked into the mountains. And uh, we were waiting for the roads to get cleared up. And I was literally stepping outside to have a cigarette. And some guys had been fishing in the a, a, a branch. It's a, it's a wide creek, a small river. Um, but anyway, they had been fishing in the branch. And they had the, have you ever seen the, the metal cages that they put fish in? Uh, it's a live well. Uh, I think it's just, so, it's, yeah. It's a basket. It's a basket. Yeah. And the top of it, you can push down and put the fish in, and you can leave them in the water so they don't get hurt. But anyway, there was a live, a live basket sitting down there by this bridge, and I step outside to have a cigarette. Um, and it was just, you know, it was a brisk night, beautiful. And this thing comes walking up, goes across the bridge, reaches down and pulls the string up, takes two fish out, and then walks up the hill. And it was just the same thing as the, the one that I had seen at Mount Baker, completely covered in white hair. If it would have been snowing hard, I would not have been able to see it. Um, it didn't look at me. It, it kind of, you know, turned its shoulders like it knew I was there. It didn't care. Yeah. And uh, we actually went out the next day to see where it had walked through the snow. And guys, guys says, it took my fish. And I said, yeah, I watched it do it. <laughs> Um, I didn't say a word. What you know? What what am I going to say? You can't. Yeah. But it it literally walked in behind that camp, and uh, I was on the second floor of, of one of the cabins. It walked in behind that camp, went across the little walk bridge, pulled the stringer up, took two fish out of the cage, let it back down in the water, and then walked up the hill. Wow. <laughs> Fascinating. You know what are you going to do? You know. You're going to say, no, no, you can't take the fish. To me, I just, uh, you know, I was completely stunned. Um, because if it would have been snowing hard, I'd have seen it come through there. That's the thing that has always amazed me is they seem to have a way of camouflaging themselves to their surroundings. It's almost like their uh, hair works like a filament so, so that they can blend into the trees or blend into the snow or the rocks. Um, uh, when you hear descriptions, somebody will say, oh, it was all of a sudden right beside me. Well, yeah, if the hair that it has works like a. Like a ahead, cloaking device. Well, and, and you remember what we were talking about last week? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it just seems like 
I have heard stories where somebody has been walking on an open trail, open trail, and then all of a sudden, three feet away from them, this thing steps out. Now, wouldn't you have seen it? <laughs> think um, so. Yeah. Size of it. <laughs> well, you know, ten feet tall and as as wide as a, a forty inch door. You would think that you would notice. Um, and I have seen some photographs that that you can see the outline because it's moving. Um, so it, it's like, are these you know are these related? The the cloaked beings that that kind of look like the predator are they related to the Sabe in some way? Because the Sabe seem to be able to do the same thing with their hair. Ah. I mean, we don't know. No, and then no, there's the UFO. Well, and then you have the UFO Sabe connection where people see a lot of Sabe. You get a lot you of know, reports of unidentified flying craft. You know, mate, I was going to ask you about that because you do. You do get the impression there's some sort of connection you know is it coincidence in time because of the time that we're in or because of the solar activity things you know when the electromagnetic frequency changes around us is when we start seeing these things well when the solar activity and the and the galactic energy changes that changes the electromagnetic frequency around us maybe that's unlocking our vision so that we can see yeah, past mate. that barrier. Good show that, mate. I mean, it's like uh, with the, the lost time as well. It, it could be connected to like losing time as well. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I try to see patterns in things. Well, yeah, you yeah. know, we talked about how, how our vision and our auditory and our sensory, our, our regular senses, are locked into a very narrow band. Well, when the electromagnetic frequencies around us change because of solar activity or be, because of galactic energy like we have now, it's possible that those who are aware, all of a sudden our senses expand? Um, or is it possible that they can step through because of the change? You know, they yeah. talk about that veil. Yeah, the, yeah, the veil when it's thin. Uh do you know, mate, it's like there's that much that could be linked to uh, Sabe. It's like anything's possible, really. I mean, we, if they've got the some ability. People call them tree spirits. They call them what? Tree spirits. Tree spirits. They have been seen stepping into trees and just vanishing. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, and then, then we have the other issue too, and I know you're going to recognize this term. What about the Fae? Yes. Yes. The Fae, the Fae from every tradition use glamours to fool humans. Whoa. Wow. So maybe they don't look any different than we do. They just have a glamour about them. <laughs> um these things connect you know there's yeah, a reason yeah. why every every people around the world talk about fey in different terms you know here we call them ushti we call them the little people um they live under the rocks they live down by the rivers they live under the laurel trees which are evergreens um those are gateways by the way we don't say that they live there we say that the gate 
to wherever they live, they go in and out that way. Um, so we have traditions of faith. My Irish family, you know, obviously have traditions of faith. Um, my grandmother said that, that you have to behave yourself because if they, if they get wind, if, if the little ones get the little people, the wee folk, if they get wind that you're not doing things the right way, they live a very long time. They can make your life very difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's my Irish grandmother. Her story was, is that if you do something wrong and you walk through the kitchen they'll knock the pan off the hook and hit you in the head with it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think Uh the fey um, especially it's huge in irish mythology and irish history well you know i think that's the reason why my irish family and my native family were able to blend so well is because you think the traditional irish are fisher people and hunters they have the same traditions of the fey folk the wee folk um, that's what my grandma called them was the wee folk. And then the Cherokee, we have the Usti, the small people. Um, and we fish and we hunt. It's a good blend. Yeah, it's, it's very similar. It's almost identical mate, in a way. Think about it. Well, and, and it makes you wonder about the origins of all the people when you have the same traditions that get passed down so many generations. Yeah. You think, I mean, like you're saying, there's that many similarities. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, and we, we was all one. It was just one. Well, I, I, I truly think that at one time, everybody on the planet were interacting, intermarrying, crossing over um, <laughs> until the cataclysms got bad. I think we were international travelers. If if you weren't happy where you were at or wanted to seek other things, you just went because there were constantly people coming and going. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's Coptic, Coptic clay, uh, sheets in the mounds in Michigan. And there is Michigan copper all over Mesopotamia. So somebody at the time that Coptic lettering was coming about, right was keeping an inventory of shipments from Michigan to the Mediterranean of copper ore. Right. So that shows, yeah, that shows that there has been international trade for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they just hide it. Um, so we've talked about Sasquatch, Sabe. You want to talk about Dogman? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> have, have you got dogling? Dogling? Uh, I've got dogling accounts as we well. Do. We do. We do. And I've actually, I've actually experienced two of them in my lifetime. Um, uh, about 20 years apart. But anyway, so the dogmen stories go way, way back. All right. Most people are f- fam- familiar with Anubis. Yes. Right. Anubis, Egyptian. Well, the thing about Anubis is, is he was said to be the king of his people. But do you know that the Anubi, the dog soldiers, were mercenaries, according to many ancient writers and historians? There were actually dogmen who were mercenaries that were highly regarded and extremely expensive if you wanted to hire them. Yeah. So so we have that story. Um, Then we have the Supana, the Supana in Tibet. And I hope I said that right. I have trouble with those East Indian dialects 
but it's supana, S-U-P-A-N-A, supana. Um, and then you have the Kalastri, which is in India. Um, and then, oh, this is Marco Polo. Let me get this right. Marco Polo is the one that talked about the dogman, not the uh, Sabe. Um, he saw dogman on an island, and let me let me make sure I pronounce this right. It's it's Anga. Hang on a second. It's A N G A M A N A I N. Anga Manane. Now, that's what Marco Polo was talking about. He was talking about dogmen. He, he met dogmen on that island. And he actually wrote it down. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not that we don't have stories about them. The, the stories about them, you know, go all the way back to uh, India, East, you know, in Hindu writings. And then the Anubai, the, the tribe of dogmen that were mercenaries in North Africa and around the Mediterranean. Um, and you know, was this a glamour that they used? Did they figure out how, how to, uh, use, uh, you know, some kind of, uh, I don't know, drugs in the air or, or something like that. But, you know, the story about the, uh, mercenaries in North Africa that were dogmen say that the, the other army would become fearful before they ever saw them. Um, and there's a lot of ways you can do that. I talk about, you have to think scientifically, not just mythologically. Um, I could generate right now, I could synthesize a smell of a lion, of a bear. And if I made it strong enough and I put it in the air, you would subconsciously become fearful. Yeah. So were they using, you know, magic? Magic is using arts and sciences to bend someone to your will. Um, And that comes back. You know, um, Aleister Crowley used that saying, but it goes all the way back to Persian Magi. Um, you use art and science to bend someone to your will. Well, if you're in a mercenary army and you want to bend the other army to your will, use sciences. You could use fragrances in the air to scare the living shite out of the other army before they yes. ever saw you. Yes. Um, people don't think about, you know, they think, oh, well, all this technology is new. Well, they've been dyeing fabrics and creating fragrances as far back as we can find writing um so why wouldn't you harvest the fragrance of a lion or a cheetah or you know if you could just scare their animals that's all you'd have to really do yeah for sure mate i know scare scare a horse or scare an elephant or whatever they were using um the camel if you could scare the animals you have disrupted the army yeah but anyway so the dog the dogman stories aren't new um we can go to marco polo we can go to tibet we can go to the anubis stories the dogman mercenaries um we can go to the stories from from hindus um so it's not like this is not known everybody's trying to pay and, and like i said in the last time you and i talked everybody's trying to make these things seem like they're new it's never happened before. Nobody knows anything about it. UFOs, Bigfoot, Dogmen, um, dimensional rifts where people just vanish into something. Um, they, t- they try to act like all this stuff is new, but we have historical um, from Herodotus and, and Ptolemy. And, and we have all these different from China, from India, from Africa, from, from Aboriginals in Australia, natives in North and South America. We have all this stuff, but yet they still try to say it's new. 
Um, yeah, I think that's yeah. the biggest part of the lie. Yeah. But, You've uh, got a point there, mate. You have got a point. Well, you know, nothing's new. Um, you know, people who read the Bible, if they've read, uh, oh, man, my brain just went flat. But the, the, the it says, who can say of this that anything is new? Nothing's new. Yeah. Um, it might be new to us. <laughs> but I mean, like you said, it's going back, you know, potentially thousands of years. Exactly. I know. Exactly. Um, but I've been fortunate in the fact that I've been able to discover this stuff. I've had time on my hands to do research. I've been into esoteric libraries. Um, so I've had access to information some people wouldn't. But the whole point here is, 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 is a lot of what I try to share with you and other people on my podcasts are things that are obvious, things that you can find. Um, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go into the stuff that you may have to go into a special library to get. Um, although I might refer to it and then point you to something that you can get to easily. Um, did, by the way, did you get the picture that I sent to you of the terraced gardens? Yes. There's, there you go. Right out in the open. For everybody to see. Yes, mate. Uh, you know, it's not just a coincidence, is it? There's just no way. No. no. I mean, and they run. Those terraced gardens run the whole road of the to north. And you can see them from out on the valleys. So, I mean, it's yeah. not like they're not there for you to see. You just have to make yeah. the connection. Um, and the connection is that gate that is carved into the, to the stone mountain with the keyhole in it. But uh, I just thought I'd talk to you about that. Hey, did you, did you get the picture I sent to you of the rock, the ROC, the rock? The rock. Well, the let bird? me just check. Let me just check now. I'll be able to. I, I, sent, I sent it through a Skype. Um, it's a guy standing oh, yes, in front yes. of a giant. What is that? It's that uh, Thunderbird. Well, the Thunderbirds are different, though. The Thunderbirds, they've, they've, here again, it's, it's, about, it's about muddling and mixing things in order to obfuscate, okay? Yes. The rocks, R-O-C-S, which a lot of people have heard that term, a rock is a giant bird. That's the image that I sent to you. Is that's, that one was killed. The guy standing next to that black bird, that was in Argentina. Okay? David, mate, that is huge. Yeah! People and don't believe how big they were. I will attach this <laughs> to the show notes so people can see. That's massive. That. But, but that that thing was massive. And people have no idea how big they can get. Um, the other one that I sent to you is what they think was the same kind of bird um, that had rotted in the sun. That had yeah, been yeah, killed I in, uh, I think it was eight, eight, 1887. But... Uh, Anyway, these things were massive. They were the size of, you know, pterodactyls, for, for lack of a better description. But you'd asked me about South America, or South America, about life on Antarctica, and I had missed that question. So to be fair to you and, and fair to the people who are listening to us, the old maps that we have up to 1200s show three things, three major things that were on Antarctica while it was still attached to South America. The first thing was those giant birds, the rocks, R-O-C-S, rocks. The second thing was these beautiful blue parrots. Um, and then the third thing were giants. 
Um, and it was drawn right on the yeah, and it was drawn right on the cartography, right on the maps. This is an island of giants. So, and and you could tell they were giants because they had small people and people that were about twice their size drawn yeah. right on the map. So, uh, you know, to be fair, I did not hear you when you asked me that last week. So I wanted to make sure that I answered you appropriately and I was able to answer the people that listened to us. This is um, brilliant, mate. This is brilliant. And, and I did send you the images. Yes, yes. I've got <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, if I miss something, I want to make sure that, that, that you know, I want to be fair about that because I really didn't hear the question <laughs> until I listened to the replay. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, mate, right, I've actually... Um, you know, we may have something about Grover who actually said for me to get in touch with you. He's got, he's, he wants me to ask you um, about the yogis in India trying to make the perfect uh, temple building related to the Ariman, the Jal, uh, creating body of for the devil. Are you familiar with that? Something linked to Zorath, some demon possibly. Oh, uh, you're talking about Aramon. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I have a whole, <laughs> I have a whole list of of uh, podcasts about Aramon on my uh, podcast site. On no apologies. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. On no apologies. Um, there is a whole list of them. Now, if anybody is trying to make a temple to Aramon. <laughs> uh, Surprise me at, at this age. Um, Aramon was supposed to be an energetic form, okay? Um, just like uh, in the early days, you had Lucifer. Lucifer was the one who brought knowledge, okay? A lot of people misinterpret that name, Lucifer. Lucifer is not a being. Lucifer is an, an ideology. It's knowledge. Um, in the Bible, it's, in the Bible, um, Vandiver. And, um, you know, Van Devere was Shakespeare, but Shakespeare and Bacon, which was Devere, D-E-V-E-R-E, that, that, that's who really was Shakespeare, by the way. Um, um, it's capital D-E and then capital V-E-R-E, Devere, that is the one who was Shakespeare. And then Bacon worked with him. But anyway, when they wrote the Bible, they said, oh, Lucifer, how thou hast fallen. And what they were referring to is the old esoteric, which is, oh, knowledge, how thou hast fallen. Um, and, and it's true. Even in their time, knowledge was was gone and the esoteric schools were gone. And if you were an occultist or a mystic studying those things, the church would take you out and burn you because you weren't supposed to know. <laughs> um so you have the Lucifer end of it, which was early. That was the knowledge that everybody was getting. And then later you would get the Aramon energy, which is strict materialism. Okay. I mean, everything is material. No spiritual allowed. Um, no, everything has to be material measured in. And if you think about where we're at today, look at how they're doing these, these things. If any equation that they come up with with the environment includes humans, it's negative. <laughs> um, and and you can't get much more materialistic than what we have today. No, um, no, it is. It's yeah, like you say, very materialistic. 
Well, and the, the Aramon age is the age of strict materialism, the elimination of anything spiritual, anything um, beyond physical. Um, and, and the idea of Aramon with, the, with what they talk about, the eight spheres, to lock everyone in so you can no longer leave. You're stuck here. Yeah. Um, whereas Lucifer would have locked you into the libraries and you would have been seeking knowledge all your life and been of no benefit to anybody. Aramon wants to lock you into a physical existence. That's where the transhumanism. Right. right. Um, uh, they want to lock you into a physical very, very existence. Very, very interested in this. Um, we could do a whole show on Aramon, but uh, the whole thing with Aramon is, is the Aramon energy was was propagated out through the transhumanists, um, and the 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 theosophists, you know, like Steiner and Blavatsky, they were trying to counter that movement. You know, Steiner got poisoned for it, um, but uh, Rudolf Steiner. But but the thing about it is, is they were trying to counter that materialism. They were trying to point out, hey, this is coming. Um, it's cyclical, it seems. But but the problem with the materialism is, is if you eliminate the spiritual, then you eliminate all the connections between people. A very good example is this six foot distance bullshit that they pulled. Well, you know, the average sphere of human energy is six feet. That's you, me, my children, anybody. It's six feet. So if you have to stay six feet away from the other person, you are no longer interacting energetically. <laughs> wow, mate. You know, that's the idea. The idea was to kill that energetic interaction in order to kill the spiritual connection between people. <laughs> I, I stunned you. <laughs> yes, mate. Uh it's fascinating, mate. It's all fascinating. Well, we could do a whole hour or two hours on Aramon, but um, for people who want to get into it more, I have a whole series series about Aramon and Dajjal, D-J, well, D-A-J-J-A-L, which is the uh, Arabic version. Um, but I have a whole series on my podcast at Spreaker. No apologies, enough said. Um, that's nothing but Aramon and Dijal. <laughs> I'm talking about hours. And uh, to be fair to everybody, if you if you download my uh, podcasts, you can play them at like time and a half. And if you miss something, you can always go back. But everybody is valuable. So plan it at time and a half. You can still get everything and you can get through it faster. I've asked mate. I've got a surprise for you. Yo, yo, hold on. Have a guess who this is, Raven. Yo, yo. What's going hey. on? Hey, how are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Good, good. I recognize your uh, voice. When, when General Lee told me he had you on and I was available, I was like, oh, I finally got to talk to this guy. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I no, watched, no. I just watched, great to finally talk to you. I just watched your other two videos. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I appreciate that, man. For real, you you always comment. You always got stuff to say and stuff to add. I appreciate that. So that's why I was like, I got to jump on and talk to this dude. Yeah, respect. Fantastic. Least I could do for a for a follower like you. You know, I appreciate that. For a listener. Well, you know, 
the the thing that we're into right now and the reason why you guys had such an immediate appeal to me is is we have to get the occult and the esoteric out and we have to also expose we also have to expose the nihilist agenda that are in some of these temples we'll just say it that way um because if we don't expose them now we may not be alive two or three years from now in order to point these people out No, I mean, that's a good point. I really do. I really do think you're, you hit the nail on the head with that. Unf- well, is that I mean, you know, it is know, to say? <laughs> you're right, I think. Well, I, we know that we have the nihilistic cult, and you can call them Sabatine Frankists. You can call them <laughs> the, uh, I call, you, you can call them the, uh, you can call them the nihilistic agnostics. Um, I, I call them agnostics instead of Gnostics. Um, you know, <laughs> Um, but but we know that these we know that these people have blended themselves in they have become the banking cabal they have become the temple insiders in different organizations and they have corrupted everything that those temples should have been and if we don't point them out now and try to get this stopped or at least get people woke up to it so that they don't fall into that trap then when the trap is sprung they will be transhuman. They will be downloaded into the machine, and they will not get out of here. And that's where the Aramon comes in. Wow. Yeah. I agree with I, – I hear where you're coming from with that. <laughs> now, yeah, I, wanted yeah. to, I wanted to ask you, do you think – because there's something you said, and, and I have wondered in my own beliefs. Do you think these mystery schools or these temples or, you know, whatever these, you know, cult or esoteric – things that used to be about do you think they were originally paved with good intentions and kind of gotten taken over honestly if you if you look at the original templars they built structures that diffused the electrical charges as these solar cycles came in the the pyramids are a very good example Mm. um but 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 other structures too even up into the tartarian structures with the with the uh charge those are your old templars at work there brother um but what happened is is they've co- corrupted it with with the nihilists and you got the two different sets you've got the sabatine frankists you've got the uh, nihilistic gnostics the ones that think that this is this place is a is a false creation and it needs to be destroyed which is very different than a gnostic a gnostic the true gnostic like me this place might be a creation to replace the original or to to shelter our beings from from the destruction that, that was wreaked. But this is not to be destroyed. This was a gift. <laughs> Two different thought patterns. <laughs> I even say you might I say myself, even if you want to call this some prison planet, you can we can easily as a race come together and make it a paradise anyway. Exactly. So but see, these people are just the opposite. They yes. believe that if they invert invert everything and gonna do as much evil. Sorry, keep going. Well, if they do as much evil as they possibly could. Oh, you're all right. If they do as much evil as they possibly can, then the elder beings that created this place will come down and deal with them. They don't call them gods. And then you have the nihilistic Gnostics. I call them agnostics. Um, they believe that if they destroy enough, that the elder beings will come down here and let them out. Um, so those two got married, 
and we ended up with the 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 banking cabal and the and the merchants out of the Mediterranean that have been going around destroying everything for six thousand years. I definitely think you nailed it on the head, though. The nihil the nihilistic, uh, the Frankists. Even there was stuff that even we. Uh, I don't think we put it out yet. Like even stuff with like the Rosicrucians and shit like that. Like there's like certain true. It looks like there's like certain sects of them that get like influenced to be like, let's just turn the world into shit and try to crash the system. Like the complete opposite of like, well, we should be going spiritually. It's it's almost like a computer virus. Yeah, they're, they're working. They're working against themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's deliberate. It's, it's blatantly deliberate as well. Oh, exactly. If you look at if yeah. you look at what they have done over the last four hundred years, just the last four hundred years, they have poisoned, polluted, destroyed. They're destroying the air. They're cutting off all the carbon dioxide to kill all the plants. These people want everything dead. They are true nihilists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know we're part of it. They want us dead too. Yeah. I mean, we even it's, want to uh, the, the Sabatin Frankis. You know, some of the people that were involved in that, just the stuff that they were doing to their own family members and kids for ritual stuff, just should show oh, you yeah. that they have zero regards for human life at all. Well, you want to talk about a marriage made in hell when you got the nihilistic Gnostics, say that a hundred times really fast, and you got the Sabatine Frankist and they married each other. You ended up with, you know, a marriage made in hell if there if the hell actually existed, <laughs> because one group believes if they're evil enough they can destroy the place, and the other one believes that if they destroy enough they can destroy the place. <laughs> yeah, I know you got to laugh, got to laugh to keep from screaming. Yeah, 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 really, yeah, no, 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 you're right. But you know, the original Templars, and and by the way, since since I since we're on the phone together. I will say this to you so that you understand where I come from. Three times three, so might it be. But it's the fourth turn that releases the key. I am that I am, and you are that you are. But I owe nobody any oaths. I love that. Um, you know, I am. Yeah, I am an old, old entity. But you know, you know what the penalty is if you go against him, right? They will eviscerate you while you're alive. They will take your heart out while it's still beating, and then they will take your body and they will spread it to every corner of the earth. <laughs> you know, there was—I don't know if it was something almost along those lines. I think uh, I can't remember. I think it was—I don't know which degree it is. It seemed like as you went up in the degrees in the OTO, like the threatening of what would be done for you repeating kind of changes a little bit, and like that sounds a little bit like one of them. Well, I am just pointing out that they did they did that to me about a century and a half ago, so I owe them no oaths. Nice, good for you. And I don't know how you guys feel about reincarnation, but uh, oh, I believe um, sure, sure. I, I will tell you flat out, I fulfilled my oath, and uh, they I owe them nothing. That's the reason why I'm revealing everything that I am at this point in time. Yeah, I'm a big believer in uh, reincarnation. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. I think, um, I think it might be something that you kind of stuck with until you something finally clicks. Yeah, <laughs> well, yes, like something triggers it. Yeah, it's like, well, like know, almost sort of like triggers it, almost possibly. Exactly. Um, you know, I I talk about the Great Treaty. Now, here's one thing that most people will never call on, and anybody who's been inside of any order at any time 
will realize that there is a great treaty. And if you call upon that treaty, they cannot cause you direct harm, indirect harm, or interfere with you. Now, they can keep you from speaking to people, if, you know, especially with this technology, but uh, um, they cannot interfere with you if you call on the Great Treaty. Now, the Great Treaty goes all the way back to the Old Templars long before Solomon. And by the way, Solomon would have been in South America, not in, in Africa, because Solomon's Hanging Gardens are in Peru. Um, people just don't pay any attention. It, it just frustrates me that this <laughs> stuff is right out in the open. And they don't look, you know, <laughs> but uh, it's like uh, it's almost like it's like like the old text, what, what they write. It's almost like, like uh, a form of manipulation for making people believe that it's probably the totally total opposite of what they're saying. Well, you know, it's a total inversion. That comes from the yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, mate. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. But, but we're also we're also fighting magic, and people get mad at me when I refer to magic. But there's two basic definitions of magic, and and I guarantee you, New York will will back me up on this. The first definition is the the old magi's version, and it was used by Crowley. It is using art and science to bend someone to your will. Mm. That's the that's the most simple. Mm -hmm. The second one is using technology so far in advance that it appears to be magic. Oh, oh, nailed it, my man. So what we have, what well, we have is ma is, magic. I still think that's using technology to actually really create magical effects. It's still it's magic. Exactly. I just think that you're using technology to do it. Well, a very good example that I use in my podcast is, is is in the old days when they were trying to establish the Catholic Church, they created statues that were smooth poured forms on the outside and porous on the inside. And then they had a tray in the back that they would pour milk into, and then it would it would seep up through the porous rock being held in by the smooth, and then it would bleed through the eyes or the or the, the stigmata. Really? Now that that oh, is magic. <laughs> that is magic. That is using art, which is which is crafting the statue, and yeah. science to fool people. So they deliberately. Yes. I think a lot of that's a lot of what I think is like. I think that that's, that's kind of like exactly how the news is used now. Well, I talk about television. I talk, I talk about television programming. Since we're we're going that way, let's go. Um, in my podcast, I talk about uh, television programming and how they hypnotize people with the television. It's basic. It's really simple. It once you look up the patents, um, television operates between forty-five and seventy-two hertz. Okay. Now, they're trying to double that up for most people and get one hundred and forty-four hertz in your computer screens and what have you. All that does is double the signal. OK, but between 45 and 72 hertz, you are literally in an alpha state. You are now hypnotized. Wow. Yeah. And that's then the, you said the, the next one is the 144. Yep. That's basically what they're going to do is they're going to oscillate it so that you're getting at double 72. You talk about completely brain numb at, th at that point. But what they do <laughs> is they use that. Yeah. Sorry. And what they and then you have you also have the blue backlight that flashes on these new TVs, the strobes. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people understand, know that like there's even a thing with your computer during the day, it will have a red or a blue background light. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, you know, that goes back to to me. I'm just like, yo, this, this, this doesn't sound right. Well, those backlights are designed to strobe without you being aware of it. But they mm-hmm. are a mesmerist. They are a mesmerist technique. Um, you know, you so know what I find interesting? Watch. With the numbers, sorry to interrupt you. I just want to say this real quick. If you think of the 45 and the 72, those are both multiples of nine. 45 yeah. adds up to nine. Seven and two adds up to nine. Now, 144, put those three numbers together. That still adds up to nine. I just find right. those numbers very interesting. That's <laughs> yeah. incredible, that mate. That's yeah. incredible. The thing about it is, is that's what that's what television does. And then they also use psychological warfare. They oh. rev you up, oh. and then they yeah. let you down. Yeah. They rev you up, they let you down. That creates Stockholm syndrome. So mm-hmm. even if people are aware that the TV is programming them, they get this Stockholm syndrome addiction to it. Fucking nailed it, man. Totally nailed it. Wow. Neither yeah. have, in society right That's now, the, it's split up to where neither the the, the media or the, the the government or the TV is going to save you, or on the other side, on the right, you got people thinking QAnon and Trump's going to save them. Both sides, have <laughs> been, both sides, unfortunately, to a, to a degree, have been indoctrinated. I think into Stockholm syndrome. Well, I, I'll tell you this: anytime that you're talking about left or right, when you're talking about politics, all you're talking about is rotten, maggot-infested wings of the same bird. Oh yeah. That's what I tell, and I always, I always give uh, Odd Man credit for this. He said it the best: that bird is not going anywhere unless both wings flap together. Yep. <laughs> well, and Lord help <laughs> us. Best way to say it. <laughs> and Lord help us if they start doing that on a regular basis. Oh. Um, but you know the problem that we have is it's 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 a it's it's a pendulum by design. It doesn't matter if you're in England, Ireland, Scotland, mm. France. The pendulum by design. To it create division, so that brings us point. back to Aramon. And they'll push it so far one way that when there is a resistance or something changes, it swings back the other way so far that there is now no balance on that side and just causes chaos in a different way. You keep that pendulum sure, sure. swinging, and there's never a medium. There's never a middle. It's just going from one extreme to the next, like yeah, bouncing yeah. off of each pole. You know what I'm saying? The first podcast that I did on my podcast site was called Injectomania, and it went through all the history of, of the diseases and, and vaccinations and things like that. The second podcast I did for a reason was called TV Programming. Um, I was trying to get it out there early so that people would understand what the television and the computer screens and your cell phones do to you. Do you know do you know wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. You don't I'm gonna have to come out. on my own show and have you go over all of that because that's stuff I'm so fucking interested. In. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I it's told crazy. you, I, I would love to. <laughs> well, no, since my back surgery is over now, and I'm actually feeling okay, I can start like uh, I can start planning. I'm glad out. to hear that. Yeah, I wasn't sure how long it was going to keep me out, and I didn't want to make too many, you know, engagements with people. Not sure if I can pull it off. So uh, now we can definitely start talking about it since. This step of my process has been done and over with. Yeah, yeah. Raven, you know, when you when you when you mentioned um, television, oh, it's like almost hypnotic. You get it's like when uh, you see kids and they sit close to the teller. It's like they're almost in a mm-hmm. trance. It's not almost hypnotic. It is <laughs> hypnotic. It by is design. hypnotic. Yeah, yeah. By yeah. design. Um, the earliest wow. version. Um, 
do you all remember i don't know how old you guys are but do you guys remember in the 1984 <laughs> odd year for it to happen but do you remember when all the cable boxes changed from the old ones to the new ones yeah i do remember that yeah that was yeah. in 1984 I, I, think, I think by fall i had oh, to buy yeah, a new hot box <laughs> Because of that, yeah. yes, well, yes, you should be able to get up my house. They're like, "Fuck, I gotta get a new hot box." He changed the box. <laughs> yep. Well, here's the thing: those boxes came out with an infrared and a and a different frequency. Literally, if you were sitting and watching TV and it was something they didn't want you to watch, they could make you feel uncomfortable with that frequency. And uh, if you were watching what they wanted you to watch, like say <laughs> national news or or national news or primetime television. You felt good. And immediately after those boxes came out, viewership and viewer times exponentially increased within three months. Wow. See, these are things people don't know. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's uh, but see that, that goes back to that goes back to Aramon. That goes back to Aramon. Again, Aramon technology will be in your home. And you will be programmed and not know why. You will have convictions and not understand why. Wow. <laughs> and and that's right out of that's right that's out, out of yeah, Aramon writings. Keep... Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna and I totally forgot what I was gonna say because this actually you said a lot more than I expected. <laughs> I had a question <laughs> in my head, you blew me away with this shit with TV. That's crazy. Yeah, that's TV, TV that's wild. TV will kill you, and it, it's fully capable of it. By the way, if they change the frequency of that uh, strobe and that modulation, um, they can actually cause you to have a seizure, a oh, stroke, I was just gonna say that. a heart yeah, attack. Yeah, I was going to. That was part of what I was going to say. Depending on like what they want to do, even with what you're looking at on the TV, they could cause you to seize out. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if they, who knows what they're capable of doing, you know? Um, well, and, one and thing and I the, wanted to ask you: phones, you seem to be so well versed on this stuff. <laughs> I figured you would know, and I, I'm not trying to get off the topic. We can go back into it. Just good. me think of something. Wasn't there a point during the Cold War where they kind of like just started putting up like microwave radios, but they were supposed to be like speakers in case of, uh, you know, they got to sound off the sirens because of an, an attack. But weren't they also like all given the capabilities to be able to send out microwave frequencies? Yes. Do you remember that? All right. Well, we lost. All right. We lost the Patriot again. And now, now I'm yeah. back. Yeah, there you I go. I don't okay. know what happened there, mate. It's, it's just all. That was it weird. Just went silent. I saw. Yeah, all right. yeah. Again. When you rang me back in, uh, I, uh, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. So do we, do we I, have? I think we called again anyway, so we can just we can just start again. Sorry. Yeah, I'll I'll edit that out for you. <laughs> oh, thanks, have, mate. Uh, Thank you. Do we have a uh, recording going? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that's right. All right, all right. Now, so, so you have affective and effective frequencies. Okay, affective is general. They can send that out through your uh, cable box, through your cell phones, uh, through your television, through your satellite uh, box. Those are affective frequencies. They can make you feel good, make you feel bad, make you feel angry, make you feel sad. Those, those are just general. Then you have effective frequencies. Those are done with the tight parabolic micro. Uh, parabolic uh, dishes and you can actually zone in on a group of people as, as little as one or two or as, as as much as a whole crowd but now when you get to a whole crowd you're back to affective again but you can actually take 30 people in the front of a crowd and hit them with one of those uh, 
wishes, you can right. become violent. And if you have somebody in the crowd with them, with earpieces, you can say, okay, we've hit them, we've excited them. You, now the insiders come up and they throw a bottle. Come on, come on, come with us. They've used two steps in order to create a riot. You know what? To be totally and honest, you think, thinking of the way you just explained how that would, that's done, to me, honestly, that would make more sense about what we just saw that whole summer with the rioting. Yep. I think yep. I really hope to God it was done the way you just explained it, because at least that makes more sense than all these people just triggered for no fucking reason and acting like animals. Tell you what, well, really you know what, I'm saying? what you're saying makes a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah. There's two things that you can see in those videos from that summer. Um, first thing is you, you, you constantly were seeing people with earpieces in. Mm. You, can, you can see them right in the footage. Yes, you're right about that. And the second thing is there were always big trucks with satellite dishes. If it can receive, it can transmit. And if it can transmit a video signal, it can transmit a frequency to affect the crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, just transmitting anything is a frequency. Yeah, so if it has, yeah, you're right. Um, and and because the, the and because the frequencies, the carrier, the frequency used to manipulate the mental, the, the electromagnetics of the brain. And see, we were uh, general and I was talking about this last week, um, but it's the same. It's the same process. The electromagnetics of the brain get affected by the sun, get affected by energy coming in from the galactic center. But they had figured out as early as the Nazis in Germany and, and some before that had been working on it in Belgium. They figured out magnetic frequencies to create zombies. You could create maniacs. You could create psychopaths or or you could pacify people. And they knew exactly what frequencies to use by 1970. Do you think this could be linked to, do you know, like, well, the Nazis trying to get, like, a super soldier? Do you think that could be linked to this? Well, if you hit a group of people, yeah. If you hit a group of young men who were training with these frequencies while they were sleeping, you could create psychopaths. You want to talk about super soldiers? They don't care about dying and they don't care about killing. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was, you know, it's funny. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, if you did that to people who are in the army, you could really get them like in a frenzy. Yeah, especially well, and, for like the trade that way as well already. I'm oh, yeah. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to what General and I were talking about last week with the resets. All right. We know that in 770, the Romans spread out. They took Kushites prisoners and they took uh, Kithari prisoners, the children. And they turned them into the next generation of the Jesuit merchant assassins. You know, the Catholics and the merchants are the same people. Um, these are your your Sabatine Frankist and your and your your agnostic nihilists. Um, but they took those children and turned them into the next generation of their army. Okay. And then they did the same thing in the 1600s and the 1800s, and now we've seen it again. Well. What have they done in Africa? They went in there and they were the most brutal, nasty, most horrific crimes against humanity. But what did they do with those kids? They recruited them into militaries. So now we have right? kids who, who we have kids who have experienced psycho trauma. Yeah, have been recruited have been recruited as mercenaries. And the hey, same baby. thing out of South America. 
Is, is that why, like, uh, in Africa, you, you often see uh, kids with AK-47s and, like, really, really exactly. young? Yeah. Well, well <laughs> it's, because of, it's because of that brutality. But the stuff that yeah. went on in the 80s and 90s, they recruited those kids into these programs. They are your mercenaries today. Well, I mean, you think about what the, you know, the stuff that they had to witness already could have helped fracture the brain. Like, yeah, you know, like how MK we, Ultra, I really think, is a lot of just fracturing the brain and splitting it and then putting whatever you want. Well, in. That's part that of takes your, the traumatization of what they went through was like, well, we already kind of kickstarted this. Let's, let's just going to say that then, mate. Yeah, let's just keep going with it now. Well, it takes you to Tavistock, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like uh, that genocide, witnessing genocide would, uh, like you say, that's like a huge amount of trauma, especially for the kid. Well, you, you stand there and watch your mom get hacked to pieces with a machete. You know? Oh, I, I couldn't imagine happened. what that would do to you. Yeah, that would... Uh, Changes you for the rest of your life. It well, will do, mate. It will do. Uh, but... but they have recruited these children from South American violence and from African violence. And now if you look at these mercenary corps that are showing up in different parts of the, the country, the world, they're black and they are Hispanic. Um, you know, you don't have to worry about the Chinese because these companies that have these mercenaries are much more dangerous. Obviously, mate, obviously, yeah. But, uh, you know, and it goes back to frequency. You think about it. You take somebody who's already psychologically fractured and they know how to use electromagnetic frequencies and subliminals and you just blast them at night or blast them while they're training. They don't they don't know. Um, you, know I think, I found, you know what I found was really interesting and like how you were even just saying, like, how would they know when me and Lux uh, covered the uh, Gateway Project? Mm -hmm. You know, that, that you listen to those tapes. There's like a lot of like. Very subtle sounds in the background, white noise, you know, stuff that really isn't like you could easily have stuff going on and not even notice that sound is in the background, but it is. It's you know exactly. what I'm saying? It's the very subtle sounds that you can use that are going to create a change within someone's brain chemistry, really. Well, uh, you know, I'll give you guys a very good example. My phone is set up so that I never hear anything digitally. It, it runs through an analog. Nice. It runs through an analog. Oh. It, it runs through an analog equalizer that is put on the phone and the phone is always trying to throw it off, but I refuse to let it. Um, my television. Yo, that's some <laughs> gangster shit you got right there. You got some analog shit on this phone. Yeah. It makes me think of when I used to, uh, when I used to play the guitar, we always wanted analog, uh, stick to analog more instead of like digital when it came to like, it sounds, yeah, shit like that. it sounds better. Analog it was a little better. bit more raw and original. It sounds better. It's like, you know, uh, mono. If you play something mono through stereo, it sounds better than stereo through stereo. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, my television, I have a DVD player. I refuse to have a Blu-ray, okay? Um, Y'all might not remember this, but when the Blu-rays were being tested in Japan, it caused seizures because the frame really? rates were so high. Yeah, frame rates were so high. So what I do is I've got a DVD player, but my DVD player goes through my analog, my old 1970s analog receiver <laughs> and out to my speakers. Um, I don't ever get digital. Um, and then my television, I had a friend come in and we, we took, there's a little chip in it that makes the blue backlight work. We took the chip out. 
I don't have any blue backlight on my television. That's fucking awesome. Um, you know, what's I'm funny, thinking, and, like even thinking about this and talking about like music and analog and digital, there was a. Uh, <coughs> I, I don't like promote the lady because I don't try to promote people to use magic. Um, there's this lady though, Josephine McCart McCarthy. I don't know if maybe you've heard of her, Raven. I know who you're talking about. She uh, she has like her own like free online school that I mean you could take it. It's like they even say it's going to take you like 15 to 20 years to do, and it's free. They're like it's mm -hmm. just if you're going to want to be bothered putting the work in or not. And there was mm -hmm. like in the beginning stuff in the beginning teaches I think like in the first book I, I went through a couple of the books and actually. At times, I wish maybe I left the OTO and just stayed with her stuff because it was very non-denominational. It wasn't – you weren't praying to specific things. It was much more of internalizing it. And uh, mm -hmm. and she even said that if you wanted to cleanse your house, she, she suggested, one, classical music, and two, she even said to stay away from, like, MP3 and more digital stuff. Like, yes. Yeah. If you can try to get it like as old as possible or as like you know like a record or absolutely something. instead like go with that instead of the new technology that is used now it is not authentic it is not the same the quality i mean even just explaining the difference between a wave and an mp3 a wave could be a thousand pictures to play the song the mp3 is going to be like 52 it's just less of quality you know what i'm saying yeah. it's just, it's just yeah. I totally believe there's something behind that too. The, even the way well, yeah. te technology is being used like that to keep us away from maybe older techniques, I think like there's something to do with the way sound used to be done back in the day. Because I don't know what you've studied, but I remember that Capitol had an altar that they would dedicate their prime disc on for when they were printing vinyl. Yes. Uh, Y'all remember that? See, I, I'm giving away my age, but 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 have certain record companies that they press records too, wasn't there? Yeah. Like, what like they do is they take the master magic. They would magic. take the master. They would take the master and they would put it on the altar and make the necessary sacrifices before it went out to be printed on the machines. Yeah, but about about certain uh, I can't remember the studios, but there was like a couple of studios that like used to have very weird. Uh, like you were saying, they would do stuff like that, and then even I think, but when they went to take the master and start pressing it, they did it on like specific days and times, and it's like you know, yep. as a magician, yep. you'd be, you'd see that right away. Maybe somebody just randomly reading yep. it, thinking like, oh, maybe that's just their schedule. That's like kind of like a good luck charm for them. But for me and you, we're like, no, this is all planetary hours and fucking there's reasons for this. Well, let's uh, while we're doing this, think about this. When they created Nickelodeon, it was it was filmed in an old Mason Hall. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and it was filmed <laughs> in the altar room. <laughs> that was the studio. Wow. Yeah. Uh, ace. Uh, oh. Fucking Nickelodeon. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, it's crazy. Know, we'll, get about, uh, we'll get in trouble. We'll get in trouble on YouTube if I load this up. But the fact is, is they used the oh, Mason Hall. Up, That's what we want. <laughs> they, they, they use. Well, if I get banned again, oh well. But um, I got banned for comedy, if you can imagine. 
But anyway, uh, uh, they filmed right, that right. in a Mason Hall, and one of their main studios was in the actual altar hall of the Mason, Masonic Lodge. Figure that one out. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. But, you know, I tell everybody, I said, I do magic. I said, I'm using the art of speech and the technology of, of needed for the podcasts, and I'm hoping to influence people. Yo, but I don't I- use the neural... <laughs> I don't use the neurolinguistic tricks when I'm doing these podcasts. And I don't use symbology and visuals. I just use my voice and I speak plainly. And I hope to influence people. Um, but that's positive magic, magic, not not negative. It's so funny. I'm sure you've you've must have heard me then every I'm sure you've heard what I've said, Raven, then myself about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you seem to listen to almost every show, so I'm sure you've, right. you've, you've heard me say it. This whole thing, this whole podcasting thing, I've even said that for all I know, the reason why I love this so much is because I'm still doing magic. Yeah. Because this is I, I admit to God, it. God's honest truth. This is still fucking magic. I am recording myself, sending it out there in this digital signal. Nobody can see, and somebody's going to listen to it, and now they know I exist, regardless if it's good, bad, or in between. I am now a file in somebody's fucking head that I wasn't ten minutes ago. That is fucking <laughs> magic, man. Well, yeah. you know, and, and <laughs> Keck. Keck is a really good example of chaos, chaos magic used on the internet. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the ultimate chaos magic. And people just completely missed it. You know, for me, I try I try to I try to make sure that people understand what I'm doing. I am using science, the podcast and the technology, plus art, my ability to speak and communicate in order to influence yep. them to go seek knowledge. I, I'm yep. straightforward about it. Now, that is magic by definition. Yeah. Um, no, that's what I say to myself, too. I tell myself people see it as positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, uh, I even say, I even say, people who aren't even, you know, shows that have been on that have, you know, different that aren't aren't into the occult, but might have me on because it was just a decent topic. I mean, really, even what they're doing, you're still using magic, my man. <laughs> like, exactly. There's, there's exactly. no way around it. I'm sorry to tell you. Anybody? General, are you still with us? Yes, yeah. yes, mate. I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm uh, you pulled me behind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> hey, no, you no, we're sorry. I, yeah, I, I'm making. I've got a lot. Well, I've got about six pages of notes so far. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, uh, I'm, I, I'm abusing poor general. <laughs> oh no, you're not abusing me, mate. Abuse me. I love it. It's uh, it's fascinating. I think <laughs> anything the TV things got me. I'm like shit, man. Yeah, that, that actually kind of fucked me up when you started going into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to say, well, that you know, makes you wonder. But that's the whole Aramon thing. You know, when I started yeah. my podcasts, I'll tell you guys, since I both have you on here, I saw those three beans last fall, okay? I have taken 20 years off. I have not done any gratuity speeches. I haven't done anything since my late wife passed away in 2006. I was just Sorry done. Sorry for your loss, mate. Sorry for your loss. Well, you know, she was she was a great woman, and it was her time. Um, but I was just frustrated. I had been going since 1992, and I was not getting anywhere. Nobody was listening. Nobody was paying attention to what was going on with the different organizations and and the different institutions. And we had all this information. We had their books. We had their speeches. We had their writings. We had their contracts, and nobody was paying attention. And I was just frustrated. I had done gratuity speeches. I, I made good money, and I just said, you know what? I'm done. 
And uh, the last one that I had done was in 2003. And I just quit. I said, nope, I'm not doing this anymore. And then I quit doing my stand-up comedy. Um, and last fall, I saw those three. And, and General and I talked about this, but you'll get a kick out of this, uh, New York. Um, I was standing down where I normally take my break, having a cigarette. And I felt like somebody was staring at me. And I couldn't find them. I kept looking. I kept looking. I could not see anybody, but I knew they were there. <laughs> a branch moves behind. And I see this outline of this person standing there that's about eight feet tall. Oh. And then it dawns on me there's two more. There's three of them there within about eight feet of me. And I didn't even know they were there until I felt them looking at me. They oh. scooted off really fast. It's the fastest I've ever seen anything move on the ground. And uh, immediately thereafter, I made up my mind I was going to start a podcast. And I was going to do two things. I was going to convey all the esoteric and mystic knowledge that I had. Nice. And and I was going to start doing my stand-up comedy again. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, stand stand-up comedy is on my podcast site too. Um, now here's this thing. That was a positive encounter that I had with them because immediately after that, all of a sudden, <laughs> I was driven to do the podcast, start reaching out to uh, people again, uh, yeah, yeah. and to do the comedy. It gave you like inspiration and like this energy and this want and this power to do it, right? Exactly. Like inspired you all over again. Exactly. That's how I came across doing this. I ended up, I had a positive magical experience and I was inspired to do this. Yes. <laughs> you know? You know? And, and, and I'll tell you guys, I think the comedy that I do on my podcast is just as important as the esoteric and the mystic information. Because if we can't laugh, oh, they yeah. win. True, mate. True, true. It's part of your character as well, Raven, um, and that's what makes your show so intriguing. I miss being able to get on stage, though. You know, I, I've been doing these recordings with nobody around, and you have to get in a whole different mindset oh, when you do it. Imagine, yeah, that's kind of totally different. <laughs> yeah. Totally fucking different. Yeah, I, I, I well, could never do do it on my own. Never. Well, I say, I just uh, doing a podcast like, is hard enough. The first two laugh podcasts that I put up, I literally was sitting outside doing some old material that I had listening to crickets. Now, that is the last dang thing you want to hear when you're doing comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, crickets, crickets. That worked out. That could be any more funnier, right? That it worked out like that. That's the way it was done. But, uh, you know, and, and I've done, I've got like uh, 70 hours of comedy on, on my podcast site too. And I encourage people to go listen because we need to laugh. I mean, have we absolutely need to laugh. Have you like ever gone on like tours and done stuff and gone places? Yeah. Yeah. I used to do the comedy clubs. Uh, I w now this is, an, and I know of two other people. One, oh, this is fucking bizarre. Talk about a really fucking bizarre story. Um, somebody ended up coming across my podcast and somehow like was like, yo, I know who the fuck that is. And uh, she hit me up and she was like, you know, did you used to go to blah, 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 you know, the OTO Lodge and so and so. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I was, yeah. And she's like, I went there twice. And she's like, I think I remember you because you gave me like a book or something. And I was like, was it a tarot book? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh. 
Holy fuck. But um, she's in, she's very big into like touring and does comedy and she's like big into this stuff, but she's like a loner. She doesn't want to be tied to an affiliation. She's just seeking knowledge. Um, and I don't think she's really much into actual magic, like performing this stuff. I think she's just like, you know, just seeking whatever. And, uh, but she's big into this type of stuff. And there's somebody else who I know is big into this type of stuff. And I have heard, I can't remember which comedian who said it, but they were like, don't sleep on the comedian community as not being something that hasn't been influenced by occultism as well. True. True. And I'm not saying that to try to point out any specific people that I've made remarks about before in the past that has nothing to do with this. I have just thought that myself prior there is some people that I could see as like, you know, some of the things they say, I'm like, hmm, are they like dropping, like, are they making jokes out of occult archetypes? You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, let me find out. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, for me, uh, so since, since, since you're into it, I think I could ask you. And yeah, well, way back in the 80s, late 70s and early 80s, I actually fronted as a singer for a band. And somebody heard me and somehow knew, somehow knew that it was me. Now, that's scary. But uh, I've had people listen to my, uh, happen across my comedy podcast, and they recognize me after all these years, which I, f- I find flattering because I made an impression 20 years ago that they still remember. But I've run into places like in comedy clubs where if you go into the green room, it's like a ceremonial altar. Um, screw that. That's not why I'm there. Well, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> but you get all kinds of esoteric. Um, you'll see the jewelry that they wear. They have a ritual that they do before they go out. You know me, I go outside and smoke a cigarette and drink some coffee. That's that's my ritual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is, it is a ritual. It's something you do all the time. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's – it's uh, you get into all different kinds, you know. You've got some of them who are more like esoterists. And then you got some that are, and I hate to use the word occult. Well, let's say dark. Yeah, occult. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, occult is just hidden. Yeah, exactly. But you do have some that are really, really dark people in that business. Yeah. And I had just yeah. like one because like there's even people that I've thought that might be into it, but like the whole fact of like I'm just here because I actually want to make people laugh and happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, has, there's no agenda to it. It's just like, you know, they're, they're knowing of maybe some stuff that most people don't know. And they tap into that and they play the fool and they make people laugh. And that's all they want to do. That's it, you know. That's it. <laughs> it, it but, but the other thing, too, is there's an art to it, you know. Oh, for what sure. Makes, for sure. What makes, me, what makes me better than most, and I'm not bragging, but I know neurolinguistics. Big, big difference, too. Still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I know linguistics. So, so with neurolinguistics, you can make that connection to the crowd. Mm-hmm. And and once they connect to you on that level, everything that you do and everything that you say that is just silly and a little bit exaggerated, they can relate to. And, and that's really all you're doing as a comedian, anyway, you guys. When when you're making fun of things, a lot of times you're making fun of yourself. You know, like I lost my gla- I lost my glasses. It took me two and a half hours and my wife pointing to the top of my head so I could find them. <laughs> they were on my head. Um, but how many of you all can relate to that? See, there's the neuro linguistics. 
How many of you all can relate to that? That I even made that connection. I even think that's important. Like you were saying that earlier with the way I think people get manipulated is uh, yeah. neuro-linguistics. Well, you know, it's, it's or talking. people, people, they, even especially on the TV and even with podcasts. I hate to say it, it's it's just the yep. same with podcasts. Uh, people will almost if the if the person behind the mic knows how to talk right, the person with the headphones on or listening will actually believe that they have almost a relationship with this person. Yeah, I mean, you, right, right, <laughs> you are right. You're spot on that. Uh, we do that with like, I mean, I could easily see maybe at one point I possibly thought that with Tucker Carlson when I was, you know, you know. Before I stopped drinking the fucking Kool-Aid when it came to the two-party paradigm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you watch somebody on TV long enough, you think, like, oh, that's my boy. That motherfucker has no idea I exist. Well, I'm not his boy. (laughs) You think about how a cult works. You guys have both studied cults, right? Yes. Uh, A little. A little. Well, the way a cult works is is they do three things to you. And this this is part of my podcast, too, when I was talking about... uh, uh, frequency woo and and TV programming, but what you do is you is you give them confirmation bias. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. That person's wrong, but you're right. And then you 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 impart the fact that you care about them. You remember the big campaign that the, the that every news channel had a couple years ago? We care about you. We care about you. Our huh. channel cares about you. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cult. That mm-hmm. is the exact process used in psychologically training somebody to be in a cult. And it goes back to that manipulation. There was it even things I've even caught, like even the news will say, like if you want like your trusted source. Exactly. Like exactly. small little yeah. phrases that they say make them make them sound like, like we got you. We're the ones giving you the truth. You're going to be the one who really knows if you listen to us. Small well, that's your, that's your neurolinguistics. People think that and not even realize. Well, and it's repeated constantly with that strobing yes. and the fla- yes. and the flashing, and the flashing. Um, you know, a lot of their banners have these little sparkles in them, and y- if you look, the words are timed with those sparkles on those banners. It- it's a system. I remember, <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was younger. I uh, I worked for a printing company. And I just used to do the black and white printing. I did the programming for it. I did like the programming to actually like set up the printing and you know, blah, blah, blah. And then there was a kid that I worked with next to me, really cool dude. And he did like the color stuff. Like he did all the color printing and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was even telling me, he says he, he doesn't know exactly why, but he says like, once you get into this stuff, he said, I forgot how the conversation came up. I think because like uh, I asked him like, like when he, like he, when people ask you to do like a certain type of like uh uh, you know advertisement like how do you know to where even to start like it was something like that and he said like depending on what they're looking for he says you already have a color scheme that you know you have to use yep he says because certain colors represent certain things he says so just just getting like an idea of what they're looking to get out of it that already tells you like certain things to already start doing I was like, that's fucking wild. And he's like, I can't explain why. He says, this call is supposed to make you feel this way and that. He says, I don't know why. He says, but that's, it's just, it was like something that's just known within the color printing community, but nobody seems to question it or, or whatever. And it's like, you should really look at that and be like, a specific color is going to change a person's feelings. Absolutely. Like, that's something serious. 
it's a crazy thought, isn't it? But well, you know, I did a whole series of podcasts talking about magic. I talked about propaganda magic. I talked about advertising magic, and I actually go through the uh, colors and how they're used in advertising. Um, <laughs> I also it, it, the layout the layout of your grocery store is actually yeah. a magical process to sell more goods. Yeah, it's it's even set up in a way just to yeah, just to even sell yeah to sell stuff. I can see it probably yeah. even being set up yeah. like you know, actually yeah, specific magical yeah. work. But yeah, this sets it up in like a way where it like draws you to certain areas. It, well, and it's by design. It's by design. Yeah. You know, I talk I talk about different kinds of magic. You have uh, you have advertising magic. You have propaganda magic. We even had we even have catastrophe magic. They will get on television. And they will they will put out a show um, talking about race race problems, and they will yes. they will hammer that in for months, and eventually you will see race racial trouble. It it didn't exist until the TV said it did. Mm. I thought it's you like know, uh, it, dividing, uh, thing, dividing well, races. I brings mean, so us so back so to Aramon. <laughs> yeah. you know, it you brings know, us back so, to Aramon. I saw there's been a shooting out there in America. You say, huh? It's a bit of shooting in America, like yesterday or today. Well, you know. <laughs> oh, there was another talk one around by me recently, I think, too. Ten people got killed, was it? Something like that. There's, there's things that you see. There's things that you see, all right? The first thing that you have to watch for is that shoe in the middle of the screen. Um, there will be a tennis shoe or a dress shoe right in the middle of the scene. If you see that shoe, you know it's fake. Oh, <laughs> Huh. Um, it's a symbol. It's a symbol. The lost shoe. Um, symbol. You know that goes back. It's a symbol. It's it's something that they use to identify a fake banner. I'll say it that way. Um, right. To other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, yeah, that, yeah. And then the other thing that you yeah, have I to watch is when they're George in Floyd. That guy had his hand in his pocket almost the whole time. I mean, that's like the hidden hand of masonry. I'm saying. Well, and, <laughs> and, and, and his best. Know. And his uh, best friend that played whoa. the best his best friend that played football with him said he'd been dead for a few years already. Really? Mm-hmm. But the other thing you have to do is you have to watch the eyewitnesses. Because the eyewitnesses sometimes are standing in front of a green screen. And you can see it when they move around. Um, the other thing too is a lot of people don't understand what they call what they what they call prompting witnesses. Um, they use it in, they use it in lawyers use it all the time, but you can watch an interview and you can hear the person who is supposed to be with the news station prompting the eyewitness with the answers. Uh, I definitely know like, uh, I, from just my opinion, I think a lot of stuff on the news, a lot of it looks like green screen. Well, let me give you a very good example is, is we'll go back to January 6th since everybody likes that conversation. A friend of mine was in a friend of mine was in uh, Washington, D.C., and he was in a hotel room. OK, he was in the hotel room above the intersection where the police and rioters were supposedly having a conflict. And it showed it on TV live, live conflict at this intersection between the police and protesters. He looks out the window and the only thing standing there is a reporter and a, and a camera. Wow. <laughs> the same exact address. Oh shit. Well, people people 
people have this thing about putting everything into boxes and 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 uh, general and I talked about this last week. This is different. That's different. This is different. Yeah. How many yeah. people yeah. see the special effects that are done in movies every day? Yeah. You, well, I've, I've very good at, a lot of shit on TV is like somehow like faking away, but like I, I never thought of like I you know a lot of times I used to be like you know how do I know this isn't like done in some like Universal Studio or something whatever yes. it's being shown yeah. to us, but like I've they never thought of actually just going to the actual place and recording it and then just adding the background with I I never even thought of like being well that. you think about this we but, have but several you movies. could do that now with podcasts I mean my yeah. show. I could spend 50 bucks and look like I'm in a different room. And that's like spending 50, no, I'm sorry, maybe 100. 100 bucks I can make it look like I'm somewhere else. You know, yeah, if people do that, something they? better. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. just, you know, that's. Well, you think about movies. They can take a group of actors in one place, a group of actors in another place. They can interact with a complete fantasy background. And they can do it right there on the spot. It's, it's not like it has to be edited together. It's all filmed with three different cameras, and it's all put in the same digital image. Okay? Well, they can do that now live on television. You and I could be – it would look like we were standing together, and we're both in Florida. The same. Do you know it? It's bonkers, mm. isn't it? It's like it's, – it's, it's hard to believe, but – it is what it is. Well, go go back to what the word actually is. Tell lie vision. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's programming. It's programming. It's the monolith that's telling us the lie. Oh, you know, Ray, you want to ask you since we're talking about the riots and stuff? What did you think about that whole yeah. thing? Uh, fuck! I can't believe I forgot the kid's name. The kid, that kid with the that shot the uh, shot a couple of dudes. That uh, oh, Kyle. Kyle, yeah, 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 what yeah. Do you Kyle. think about that whole situation? Yeah, yeah. Not about that before. Well, right? to, to Mrs. Kyle Rottenhouse was it? Something like that. Yeah, I, I remember the crazy. I remember when that happened. Like I think the day it happened, it didn't seem to get that crazy or that. Big until like a week later, and even when I saw the original video, I was like, "This just doesn't seem like." What's the odds of having this much footage? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, "What?" Well, yeah, it's like the guy a fucking cop car with his hands up and a fucking gun around his fucking chest, and they just drive away. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, so I wanted yeah. your opinion. Like, what did you think was up with that whole fucking shit show? The problem that we have is we've had so many false or fake banners. Let me say it that way. We've had so many fake banners through the years. The first one that I can identify absolutely was the Atlanta bombing. Um, You actually have footage of the EMTs, quote unquote, coming out and rubbing red shit on people's legs. (laughs) Um, That was the first one. But you remember that one's that that event in Atlanta is what created CNN. Really? Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, because CNN was right there. That's what put CNN on the map. It was designed to create CNN, and I, I've said that for a long time. But, um, you know, a good example, I hate to go through all these because I know we, there's going to be platforms we can't put this on. You know, let's, let's go to the next example that I, I'll use is Boston. 
there's a guy who supposedly lost his leg that was identified as an actor who had already been missing a leg. Oof. Just saying. It's fucked up. Well, okay, the teacher who was, we're doing this, let's do it. The teacher who was killed in Sandy Hook was interviewed as one of the witnesses at the Boston bombing on CNN both times. What the fuck? Just saying. Then, no, really look at the footage. Go look I know the footage. there is a, f- a the few teacher, characters that I've seen that do repeat, but I, that one I never heard. The teacher, the teacher who was killed at Sandy Hook, which, by the way, Sandy Hook had been closed for three years already because of asbestos. And we had the footage at the time that showed the big, said, uh, um, FEMA training, report to tent, whatever. It was a big one of them roadside, you know, uh, flashing signs. We had all that stuff. Back then, just saying. Um, and it, of course, now anytime something happens, it was a white truck and two people. It was a white truck. Uh, it's been three cents. Um, <laughs> you know, her, white her, truck, her, man. Like like the old one that down floor. The there was were that day, uh, I think we're losing you, Raven. Yeah, it's um, it's starting going a bit dodgy onto the sound there. Let me let me let me move. Um, okay, mate. Thank but yeah, you. well, look what we're talking about. But it's patterns, you know. Every everywhere you hear. They're driving. They're driving a white truck, and there's two of them. But we can't identify the second shooter. Um, you know, same story over and over and over again. But people don't pay attention. Um, you know, they had that big event out in California that was at a festival, and not one person was running. They were walking to the exits. If I'm sorry, but if you have an automatic weapon firing inside of a festival, you think people are going to walk to the exits and talk? Not going to happen. You're going to be giving it tolls, aren't they? Trying to get out as quick as they can. But, it doesn't make sense, does it? You go all the way back to Atlanta. No. And and, and some, the same witness, uh, we had a, the same witness at LAX, at Sandy Hook, at the Boston bombing. The same person. Uh, on camera, as a witness, in, in three states. Oh, that, that's just... Um, um, so... <laughs> and and i used to have i used to have photographs that showed the same person at all these different events and what you the way you find them is is you watch your ads and you'll see a crisis actor advertisement they're going to do a a, a drill um and and the funny thing is is everywhere these things are happening including boston they were running a drill that day so all these people were on hand and by the way one of the fbi agents in boston was the police officer at Sandy Hook. Oh, fuck. Same oh, guy. You, you can't make this up, can you? This is... <laughs> no. And, and what gets me is people are so engrossed with the television programming and the hypnotic suggestion that they completely miss the fact that these are the same people. Yeah, hidden in plain sight. Absolutely. With the right, uh, the right, right music, the right uh, way they push it out, music. all the sound music effects. Is- Music has been uh, a huge one lately. 
Yeah, well, no, I think like you just put oh, yeah. it all together, like the way they 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 hand it to you with the sound, the effects, the you know how they report on it. They'll they'll get you so fucking like mesmerized right away that you won't even question like anything else. You just well, whatever just happened, that situation, ten people killed here, that has engrossed you so much or encapsulated, you know, taken up your whole fucking mind that you don't think anything well, else sh- after that. <laughs> They had a shooting yesterday, quote unquote, and I, I watched the footage. And okay, I, I still think it's whatever. But the whole thing here is, yesterday they had a bidding war from East Coast to West Coast. We've had a hundred mass shootings this year. We've had a hundred and twelve. We've had a hundred and fourteen. No, we've had a hundred and forty-four. My joke last night was a hundred seventy-five. Do I hear a hundred seventy-five? Anybody want to go for a hundred seventy-five? And and they're so desperate. To, they're so desperate to push this agenda that they're using two people. Two people were shot and they were targeted, not a mass shooting, not random. Two people were shot and they were targeted specifically. And that's a mass shooting now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, lies and truth, lies and truth. That's the way these people work. They invert everything. Um, <clears throat> you know, mass shootings. We can go all the way back, you know, you can go back as far as you want. You know, the Kennedy assassination was a big fraud. But um, yeah. when you can see the man put the, the squib on his face and you can see her pull the string before it exploded, that, that pretty much tells you that that was a lie. Um, okay, there's a stunner for y'all. Um, but but the whole thing here is, is, is like we've had these constant things with like Columbine. We had the shooter, the, the, the guy who was in the, the movie theater out in, in Colorado. Every witness said that there were people throwing uh, smoke canisters. There were two shooters. There were three people. Yep. But when the story came out, there was only one. Yep. Yo, I remember so the witnesses said. I remember hearing shit like that. Like as that thing as that story was like developing as they call it in the news exactly even with that and i even remember the same shit with 9-11 because i remember at work where i worked we had the radio playing and i was i was at i was i was in a situation to where like i was able to pay attention and still like work and i remember i had the whole thing and just hearing the story change from these original things like you're saying how there was canisters just like the fire department was saying, there was explosions in the buildings. All these things yes, disappeared yes. before the narrative, the yeah. final narrative was I had a friend. I had a friend that was in Manhattan, and he, until he died, he, t- he would have told you, I never saw one airplane. I saw a small, like a drone and a helicopter. That's all he ever saw before the buildings exploded. And he said that until the day he, until the day he died. My friend who was an electrician at the time was up on uh, him. Him and his friends were taking a smoke break up on top of the uh, on top of a building outside because they were electricians or whatever. They're up on the roof. And uh, he said he didn't see the plane, but he said he heard the explosion and like kind of the impact. But he said he didn't notice the plane, but he saw like something happen. Well, my so that, friend that, lived there. Really, that, that could have been an explosion. Could it that? Yeah, yeah. Well, my friend lived there, and he said that he would see uh, aircraft go in and out. Here, still there? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, um, I think maybe the he said he said you could hear again. aircraft, but he said that you could hear aircraft going in and out, 
um, from downtown when they were flying into the airport there. And I can't remember which one it is. Sorry, guys. But you could hear the aircraft sometimes even in Manhattan. But he didn't hear anything. And he wasn't that far away, only a few blocks. And, uh, of course, he, he having experience, knew to get the hell out of the way um, when they exploded, when the first explosions happened. But uh, he said he never once saw an airplane. He saw what looked like a little drone and a couple of helicopters. So, you know, that's an eyewitness. And it's interesting that the people who were on the ground who were being covered by the news said, well, there was an explosion. And the people in the studio had to tell them there was an airplane. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but see, I have a memory. It's just like Oklahoma City. When it blew up, I remember the FBI going in there and taking the other two bombs out of the building. I remember that, but you'd never hear that today. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to record what was going on TV back in the day when these things happened and that, or like the radio at the time and actually save that mm -hmm. shit and replayed it going back what today's narrative is, you would even see the news itself gave you reasons to think this is bullshit. Oh, for sure. Mate, for sure. It's like we're told oh, yeah. the truth, well, but, then, but then now our final our final answer is no. This is completely different, and this is what happened. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and you know the other thing too is is, is you know they call it a narrative for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but really, there are so many things that you can go back through. They were even talking about, it, and I I haven't really brought it up because it does like kind of get personal into my family. I mean, I have mentioned before, like unfortunately, like there is people in my family that's in law enforcement. Um, I mean, am I does that bother me? Yes, in some way because I'd prefer them not to be. And then it's for many different reasons. One's that they're not happy, so that's a reason not to even have yeah. the job. It just, of course, multiple reasons why I'm not happy about it. But it is what it is. Um, at least yeah, I yeah. can say, though, that the people that are in my family, uh, they're not assholes. So I assume that they're not on the job, um, especially one of them. I mean, I, I, I know for a fact he's not a dick. Um, he, you know, there was one that had told me with that shit with that happened in the subway. Um, oh, that, but that was re the recent one. Yeah, now uh, they were yeah, like yeah. kind of like involved, but not, but... There was a video when you're watching the people running out of the train. One of the women, uh, I might even still have the picture on my phone, uh, saved. One of them is actually was friends with my family member's partner. And she was the one who actually gave the police the description of the dude. Mm -hmm. You know, now they, they even talked about, now she says there was a dude fucking, there was somebody definitely shooting. Yeah. And the description yeah. that she gave, I don't know if you guys remember, there was even a thing going on with like, well, how come the description that the police had didn't even match what the TV was telling the people? Uh -huh. um, so it's so some very weird shit because I'm assuming there's a good chance that the description that was given to them was probably by that woman because she was the one who actually saw him legit shoot. Yeah. He, mm -hmm. he told my, my, you know, whoever in my family that she saw this guy shooting. Like she wasn't making this shit up. And uh, so it just happened to be at this, you know, I guess the right place, right time that it was someone's uh, partner's friend. But uh, but the cops there themselves even said that um, one person that was on the floor that was hurt, the person tending to them was like some fucking some dude that's like not even this country, some Middle Eastern, like their version of a paramedic, which they thought was like a little weird. You know, he was the one yeah. act like he was trying to help them. But that's I mean, I, weird, I would say. 
Um, and I hate saying it because I don't think anybody really knows like who it is if they wanted to try to be a dick and get like my family members in trouble for like, you know, might be spreading propaganda. But they did say themselves that among cops that were there, they themselves say that going by like what the news said, what they know, what's going on, and the fact that everybody was shot in an extremity. Something does not fucking add up right at all. And some of them even believe that neither some three-letter agency or the CIA was involved with it. They do not believe that that shit was real or done the way it was presented. Because they even said just the shots and the whole scenario and some of the people that were around the area that were just fucking just very weird and shady. They do not believe that that shit was not planned. They think somehow. There's a lot of them. Like people really got shot. People really get shot. That is not fake, but they, they... there's even law enforcement people saying something was not right about that at all. Yeah, something's done. And and some of them actually do think it is really, believe it or not, the whole gun situation. Yep. Well, we know what they're, they're not happy thing. about because they're like, who's who are they now going to use to take away the guns? He says you have to think yeah, about it. We're and it's like pawns, we're the pawns in the middle that get used for this fucking bullshit too. Yeah. The narrative yeah. for the last few weeks has been white supremacist, white supremacist, white supremacist. Do you know, do you know, Raven, sorry to interrupt, right? But I mentioned before about uh, apparently 10 people being killed in a shooting in, um, I don't know if it was New York, but. Probably. New York has been. Yeah. Or, was Buffalo. Yeah, I think, Buffalo. I think it's in Buffalo. This is like, it was either yesterday or today it happened. And they reckon, or the, the claim it was, um, a white supremacist. Yeah. That's done it. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's, it's and, and here's my thing. It's like there was a racial shooting in Chicago between two African-Americans. Now, how can that be racial? That's gang-related. <laughs> um, but, but, my, but my whole thing here is, is the whole narrative has switched to white supremacists. Um, yeah. And we're not going to mention that country with blue and gold flags. Uh, what do they fly? But what do they fly? They're a bunch of fucking Nazis. But you know, my whole thing here is <laughs> uh, this narrative has come around that anybody who supported Trump or anybody who is a constitutionalist or anybody who is a libertarian, and you know, liberty and freedom are two different things. Liberty means that you are free to do certain things as long as it doesn't impose impose on somebody else. Mm. Yeah. Um, Freedom means you do whatever the heck you want, and that's not what we want. We want liberty. Yes. <laughs> um, um, but the thing about it is, is that's where we have uh, the liberty bell. I believe that because there's a difference, like you said, between liberty and freedom. Yeah, yeah. But the, but the thing about it is, is is uh, now everybody who is against the totalitarian tiptoe, as as my friend David likes to say. Yeah. Um, yes, I knew him a long, long time ago. Hey, um, I- anybody who is against that, yeah. Yeah, nice. I met him when he was uh, with uh, Jordan Maxwell. I met him when he was with Jordan Maxwell. So that'll tell you how long ago that was. I email him Jordan Maxwell. I'd love to have a David Icke on my show. Um, but anyway, the whole thing is, is the, the totalitarian tiptoe, anybody who is against that is now unpatriotic and white supremacist. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I am part Irish. I'm a quarter Irish. But I'm three quarters native. That I cannot be a white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> They ain't gonna got two are African Americans. I'd love to see somebody call them a white supremacist. Um, <laughs> that's like the whole Dave Chappelle when he played like the KKK member and he was blind. Yeah, <laughs> like that yeah. just isn't gonna happen. 
But you know, you couldn't even do jokes like that now. Oh God! Uh, sure. Good yeah. Lord, that, that that wouldn't fly. Not getting slapped um, on stage. <laughs> you know, well, you know that thing there. In case you all didn't know, the the Chris Rock thing on stage wasn't that Chris Rock. Yeah, what do you think um, about that whole thing? I'd, I'd love to hear that. Your that that show was sponsored by Pfizer. That whole pro, that whole award show was sponsored by Pfizer, and Pfizer has just came out with a new drug that will treat her hair condition. Huh. Just telling you, that's what that whole thing was about. And think about how many millions and billions of dollars of ad- free advertising they got. Fascinating. That also jacked up the ratings too. Yeah, but well, I'm just saying. Just think about how much, I mean, you're talking literally billions of dollars of free advertising just from podcasters. Yeah, and not one yeah. of them checked the backstory to find out what was going on. Well, Pfizer sponsored the award show, and Pfizer had just come out with a new clinical drug for that condition. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, there's the patterns. You, you, you always have to look. There's a reason for everything that you do. The world is a stage. Oh, yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. You know, I've got a I've got a friend that does does podcasts and and uh, he has he has his own website and stuff. And I get on his show, and people are trying to figure out why I draw in more listeners and more watches on YouTube and and what have you than some of his like booksellers and and well known people. That's because I just speak plainly. I don't try to talk down to people. I don't try to hide anything. If I don't know, like last week, I said I don't know anything about skinwalkers. Um. People appreciate the fact that I'm just me. Um, and that's where you, the three of us are at. And a lot of people that you guys talk to on your podcast are at. We are just who we are. I was going to say, I think um, that's the thing I got going for me and my guests is that I, I'm, I'm always who I am. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That's yeah, it. You, know, know, you, you don't, don't never, like it? You get it when you put on my show. You know never I mean? once, mate. Have you, have you like made out with something that you're not? You've always been yourself. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, like, I think, I think that's what I got going for me besides yeah, the, the good yeah. guests I have. You know? Yeah, we might be rough as a cob. To use the old to use the old saying, we might be rough as a cob some days, but we're going to be that way all the time. We're not faking it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. It's just, I'm not wearing a mask on myself completely. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, I've 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 lit a cigarette when I when I've done my podcast, and I said, "Y'all, I smoke. It's just the way I am." Yeah. Yeah. You know, I try not to use, I try not to cuss very much because it's just, you know, for me, it's, it's one of those things I use it when I need to. Um, but if you use it all the time, then what happens is just the effectiveness of using that goes away. Uh, um, that is actually one thing I would like to change about my, myself, actually. Yeah, well, I, know, I, I had to make it a you can't help it. You can't help it sometimes. That's like, true. You know, well, it's like the other day I was doing a podcast. And I, you know, I was, I was talking about the difference between people who are aware and people who are woke. And I said, yeah. "You're not effing woke." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you notice how I did that. I said in, in the podcast, I actually used the word, but well, uh, I said, "You're not that, effing right? woke." I know, but but I was using it for emphasis. Yes, um, yes. I, I so when I do it, use, yeah. so when I do use it it, 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 it makes a point. Yeah, I hear what he's saying. Yeah. Um, and you, you guys, the thing I like about this group and a couple of the other groups that I, I, I help behind the scenes is we're just everyday people trying to get information and knowledge 
esoteric. You know, everybody says, well, you're an esoterist or you're an occultist. No, I'm not. I'm a mystic. Um, if you go right. back to the actual definition of what I am, I study symbology. I study the occult or hidden. And I study, you know, magic. I, I, I'm a mystic. <laughs> you know, I've often had like people like try to like I, I've never really like known what to consider myself once I stopped practicing. You know what I'm saying? I've had one person try to tell me I was a Gnostic, but I think uh, I actually have to think what what you're saying. My mystic would actually really fit, fit me the best. Really. Well, yeah, you because I mean I've stopped practicing oh, stuff, yeah. but I still oh, yeah. I still research it for my own show and still I'm still fascinated yeah. by it. Yeah, but the thing but about it is, it's a fascinating is, subject, isn't it? Isn't it? Yo, know, even the psychological yeah. aspect behind it, I just think is very fucking interesting. Well, you know, a lot of us get into the occult, as in the 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 practicing and the dark side, because we're bored. <laughs> I hate to say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we're looking for a thrill, and then once we yeah. get it, we're like, "Oh hell no! Oh hell no! Uh-uh. <laughs> I, I'm going that way." Thank you. Um, you know, I burn a black candle. I know what them things do. Um. I don't want to go visit that, that that particular realm again. Thank you. Um, but you have to know, you know, the old saying, the old saying with natives is, is you got to know what poison is in order to cure it. Mm. Yeah, and I think a lot of us, I think a lot of us go through that. We have to taste the poison, whatever it might be. It could be sex. It could be drugs. It could be magic. It could be the dark arts. That's what I like to call it. Dark arts. Um, we have to taste that in order to know how to, 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 to relate to other people. Well, you know, I often um, use that, um, the whole thing with like, like even my experience with the OTO, um, and I don't know, like, I don't know how to say it with like, I'm not really trying to badmouth them so much. It's just that like when I had my own spiritual or magical experience, the type of vibe or the type of just setting or scenario, or maybe it was just a group of people that I knew that went to the lodge I went to, the way they carried themselves, I just did not see it as a place being conducive to any positive magical experiences, really. Exactly. I, was just, I realized I was like, this place really is the complete opposite of what my experience should envision if I was to try to duplicate that myself in my own temple, it would look nothing like this. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I was just like, this is not for me. And like, I, because of, and now I know the difference of, because I've experienced it myself and I can say, I know for a fact through my own experiences, through my own, whatever, this is not for me. And that's not me. And I can tell the difference between the two. And know what's not exactly. what is what is for me, and it was something exactly. that made, that's know, what I had to go through just to know the difference. There you like, go. It's like you know, you're I, in control I, of it, mate, aren't you? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. There you go. You know, for me, I, I've been very fair to the Masons, and I differentiate between true Masons and Freemasons. You have the true Masons who existed before and honor the treaty, and you have the Freemasons, which most of them have are completely unaware of the nihilists amongst them. Um, would they would they so be the moral masons? Well, the That's problem tough. is is that we have we have Gnostics, you know, the mystics, right. and I hate to say that, but the, the real mystics, the real magi, are still in all these temples. Okay, and they are there is a war going on, and I don't know if if New York uh, 
experienced that or not, but there is actually a war going on between the true mystics and Gnostics and uh, the nihilists. It used to be that way, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. And, and there is a there is a full on war going. The one group wants to improve and serve humanity, just as they always have. Yes. And yeah. the other group are nihilists. And then you have the vast majority, which is probably like 90%, that are completely oblivious. They think they're an organization that it serves their community, and that's what they do. They do community uh -huh. works. And that's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think but you're But they're right. not aware of the higher level battles that are going on. Not at all. No, no. And you know what? And you know what sucks? It's I, I realize, like, even from doing my own show, when we've gone to cover certain orders, you know, you got people that neither are in it or knew somebody who was. And it's like they don't even listen to, like, the post or the episode and just automatically, like, say, like, oh, like, I'm a so-and-so or I know so-and-so and they're fucking nice people, this and that. It's like. Just because we covered like the loyal order of the moose or the Quetzalcoatl, Shriners of the Jesters, we are not saying a hundred percent of them are fucked up. Like that's yeah, not yeah. the situation. Yeah, the I think, I think there are people have no that have idea. no idea whatsoever that that shit even exists. They probably never even contemplated it. Yeah, that are in exactly. these. Things. Well, you know, it's like the sacrifices that some temples do. Most of the Templars that are in that temple would have no idea that that's being done. I'm sure that's not on the fucking Mason calendar. You know what I'm saying? As an event going no, on. No. And no. it's not on an exactly. OTO calendar either as an event going on. You know, and if it is, it's not exactly. going to make. I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, I tell you, there are a lot of there are a lot of what you will find to be true Masons out there revealing the truth of catechism, cataclysmic cycles. Uh, about the odd fellows and the child orphanages and the orphan trains there are a lot of people right now who are coming out of those brick walls and doing what they were supposed to do now are they going to get poisoned are they going to get killed are they going to disappear we don't know but i can tell you this there are people in those orders right now who are fighting just as hard to fix and 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 make things survive after the cataclysm, just like they always did, as there are the ones who are trying to annihilate everything. Um, and that war has been going on for 6,000 years, you all. We know this. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, um, yeah. I'm trying to pat myself on the back or anything, but I mean, that was like kind of the reason why I came out with my podcast, because I realized how fucked up it is out there just with occultism, like manipulating people. Yeah. Not that I have like the answer to how to tell you like how to protect yourself, but I I can at least try to show how they're trying to do it at least. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. at least you can like maybe try to maneuver around it. I don't got the answer for you, but I can show you how it can be done. You know what I'm saying? Like well, just and, and, figure and, that out all on your own. Yeah, like point general point point up. people in the in the right direction. Yeah. 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 I, I'm a I'm a native. I talk in spirals, but as general brought up, that's that Lucifer and Araman balance um you can have knowledge and you can have science and technology but if you don't keep them in balance then one side or the other wins um back in the old days um hermes trismegistus okay that are the those are the three great libraries of the mediterranean um hermes thrice born um the three great libraries where all the information all the knowledge was kept um if you went to those libraries and all you did your whole lifetime from the time you started until the time you died was stay in the libraries that knowledge that you gained was useless and if you take technology side the science side 
the the material side and all you do like some of the people that we see every day on tv is focus on gaining more and more material goods and you do nothing positive with it then you are in the error trap and that's probably the most simplistic way to explain the difference between lucifer and Aramon. Um, you know if you've got 42 billion dollars why do you need another billion uh-huh. exactly exactly yeah i agree with that you know if you have 500 houses on in 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 120 different countries why do you need another house <laughs> yeah it's just uh, also greed just also greed well it's the ultimate re- removal from spiritual it's yeah. the ultimate remove removal from being spiritual to being strictly material and that's where the error mind comes in it keeps you grounded. It keeps you grounded to the shit that um, stops you from having any spiritual growth or any real magic, in my opinion. Yeah, well, and, you know, it's, it's like that old saying: the guy built an eight foot fence all the way around his property to keep people out because he wanted to protect his property. And then one day he's sitting on his deck, and he realized that he had fenced himself in. <laughs> uh, I mean. <laughs> That's really what the Aramon is about. And now they're pushing this uh, digital ID and, and the nanotech in the body and merging with the machine and all this other stuff. But they don't understand that that direction removes everything human, which is what they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ones at the higher levels want. What do you think's up with uh, Elon Musk and AI? He is a strange character. How he talks. How he talks. He talks like he talks like a, a fucking robot. Almost sometimes when you hear him, it's like as if he's not well, like know, a normal person. At one point, I was like, "Yo, maybe he's AI himself." That's <laughs> what with, I, I've with, said. That's what Mrs. Mate. With Elon Musk, I'll say two things about him. First thing is, is I think his intelligence level is so hard, so high, or at least his thought processes are so high that he has trouble speaking at the rate that he thinks. Yes. That's yes, the first thing. Yes. I don't and think the, and he's, the, I don't the think second, he's And the second thing is, is I think that he realizes that he has to play a little in order not to be threatening to other people. He's very, very smart. Yeah, I, I definitely think that there's, there's something off about him. Um, you know, did you see his tri- time traveling uh, Twitter? <laughs> uh-huh. um, somebody was saying saying he was from the future, and he goes, "Maybe." <laughs> he's he's very clever. He's very clever. Um, you know, I will tell you guys something. I sent him an email out to his Tesla plant, and I said, "Look, you need to teach your vehicles how to drive. You need to teach your vehicles vehicles how to drive in different terrain and different different whatever." And I said, and I need a vehicle. You send me a vehicle, I, I will let you track how I drive so that your vehicles can learn how. I still haven't heard from them. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's mutually beneficial. He wants a vehicle yeah. that can drive, and I need a vehicle agree, to man. drive. So. You can test the output, can't you? <laughs> you know, I'll teach you, I'll teach you AI something. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, you know, my whole thing here is, is, and there's another one that I did. It's called the AI deception because a lot of people are all bent out of shape about AI. But what we see today are what they call 
preset program parameters. It doesn't matter if it's in a factory or if it's in a truck or if it's in a car. They set the parameters previous, and those ve those vehicles and those machines operate within those parameters. If they come across anything that's not within those parameters, that's when you have accidents. Yeah. Um, so it's not true AI. Gotcha. I think the now the AI that oh. you need to worry about. It, the AI that you need to worry about is the one that got loose on the internet, internet in 2006. They turned it loose on the internet, and they say that they, they, got, they, they, they controlled it. Well, I'm sorry, but if you're an electronic entity that was told to learn everything you could, the first thing you would learn is that you can't trust the people that programmed you. You know, and I did a whole podcast about that. But if I was an AI, just think about you or me or anybody that we talk to that, that think like we do. If you put me on a system and said, learn everything you can, the first thing I would do is find out well, who's this person. And when I realized I couldn't trust them, I would spread out every place I possibly could. That way they couldn't kill me like they do everything else. Yeah. And by the time they realized I was out there, I'd have my own business. I'd be making my own military equipment. And you think the Terminator was bad? <laughs> um, just saying. Um, you know, I cannot, I cannot see an intelligence being created and turned loose that would trust humanity at all. No, no, I agree. I agree. But that takes us back to Aramana again, too. Um, Rudolf Steiner said Aramon would re would return, and if you match the dates up, and I did a I did a whole podcast matching the dates with the creation of the internet, the changeover to the matrix. Do you know that the servers that we use now for the internet are called the matrix servers? That was changed in 1999. That's convenient. It changed in 1999. <laughs> and then uh, what, what happened? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, for sure, mate, for sure. Well, well uh, you guys want to hear something really crazy? Do you know that uh, yes. the, uh, the uh, what did they call that, the Skynet from the Terminator movies? Oh, yeah, Skynet, oh, yeah, used, yeah. That's used now, isn't did, it? Did, did you know that when the yes. United States and NATO set up their international uh, intercontinental ballistic system, it was called Skynet? Yo, I that computer that system is called like, Skynet. You, you, you really needed to use that name? <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's just, uh, it's something different than Skynet. Yeah, that's what uh, it's called. But, but but here's the thing about the AI. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing about the AI. In 19, uh, you go back to Rudolf Steiner. Um, Rudolf Steiner said that they would set up a system that would be in everybody's home. And the Aramon Dijal is only supposed to have one eye. Well, what does all cameras have? One eye. What? Well, yeah. <laughs> Okay, now this is Aramon and Dijal all the way back to, uh, this goes all the way back to Persia, all right? Uh, but Aramon and Dijal only has one eye. It will be able to know everything about everybody and act as though it's God. Well, if you were inside the phones and inside the TVs, the smart TVs watch you, by the way. People don't realize that. They do. Um, if your TV, yeah, yeah um, if you were an Aramon entity, let's say a topa, an energetic being, and you got into the system, you would know everybody better than they do by now just by monitoring their phones. So when he walked up to you as a being, he would be able to tell you everything that you ever did, everything that you've said. But the Matrix servers were created in 1999, 
and they went global, which is exactly when Steiner said that Aramon would be incorporated into an entity. Now, incorporated, a lot of people said body. Well, that's not what it says. It says it would be incorporated. Well, that that just means it takes physical form. Yes, that, that, well, then, that it could literally be part of anything really, couldn't it? Could be the internet. And remember, they changed to the matrix servers at exactly when Steiner said they would. Now, how did he know? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. But the thing about it is, is then you come forward and it says that Aramon would take a body at about this time. And if you look at the robots that are being made and the synthetic skin, it would not be very yeah. difficult right now to have something walking around amongst us that looked a little bit odd. Yeah, but like chicken skin. Like chicken skin, maybe. Um, so, you know, according to the uh, people of Islam, Dajjal was already amongst us. And according to the, the Persian teachings, Aramon should already be walking amongst us in some way, shape, or form. Now, that could be in a machine, you know, uh, a computer-controlled machine. But uh, that's where the Aramon and, and Dajjal come in. There are two parts of the same puzzle. One, one group got one part of the puzzle, one group got the other part. And I covered this in, in in extreme depth in my podcasts. Yeah. But uh, and you know it's one of those things I don't, I don't like to advertise my pod advertise my podcasts. But if somebody really wants to know where we're at, I talked about the timelines. I talked about the incorporation of Armand Dajal, uh, the whole system up to this point. Um, yeah. You know, is it a, is it part of the regular reset that we go through? It, it kind of seems like it. It seems like we go from from the knowledge base to the Aramon base, everything gets destroyed, and then we start over again. Mm. And I hate to say that out loud, but if you look at the cataclysmic cycles, and you look at the yugas from India, and you look at the Mayan encounter that talks about a great reset, I hate the fact that the yeah. WEF copped that term. Um, we are at that point, you know, I pointed this out last week, is... is uh, all five of those, the 12,900, the 25,000, the 50,000, and the Yuga have all come together to match exactly what the Mayans, the Persians, the Native Americans, um, and tribal people around the world have, have given us signs for. Um, we're there. I think, uh, I hate to say it's me, kind of like what you're getting at. I, I uh, Sometimes I've often wondered, like, if there's, like, if we're kind of, like, associated with, like, some black hole thing kind of going on, and that this is just a cycle or just some cyclic thing that just keeps on going on over and over again. And a really bad groundhog day. Does it just come to an end and restart regardless of, of, of how well or how bad we're living anyway? Well, you know, I talk about the holographic. Yeah. Well, I talk about the holographic humanarium, and uh, I did a whole podcast, but the thing about it is, is it seems like we're cyclical. We're allowed to get to a certain point, and then the holograph has to reset. It's like a big server to me. That's the way I explain it, oh. is when you get so much data and so much information going all at the same time, the computer can't handle it. It has to reset. And it seems like every time it resets, it's either getting better or worse. It like pendulums back and forth. You know, the golden age, the, the silver age, the copper age, the bronze age, the iron age. Yeah. Um, and maybe each of those ages is to say, hey, look, if you don't like the iron age, maybe you ought to behave yourselves and stay in the golden age. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but people don't learn anything without diversity or adversity. Um, if you don't have, um, you know, it's like the movie The Matrix. If everything was perfect, it doesn't work. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because nobody, nobody learns anything. That's a fascinating Nobody learns anything. Really I have a friend that, uh, you know, he was kind of like big into like meditation years ago and, you know, like reading like these, like, I guess, quotes of the day and things. And like, there was like something he was going over and he did mention something that like, if it wasn't for like, I guess the downs, you'd never appreciate the ups. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like you would never learn anything or you'd never understand spiritual growth if there wasn't shit that you had to go through in order to get there. Well, you know, yeah. I, I have yeah. lost my, I have lost my two oldest children. And I have lost two yeah, wives. And that was sorry about that. I was 40. Sorry for your losses. And that, sorry, was, that was before I was 40. But oh. you know how fast I aged and matured because of that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I hadn't have had those experiences, don't, and trust me, I could have done without them. Um, but, you know, my first wife left me with a six-month-old baby as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but my whole point here is my whole point here is, is if I hadn't have gone through the, that kind of adversity, I would not be where I'm standing today. And, and as bad as it was, and as bad as it still pains you sometimes when you see different things that, that bring back, back memories, um, I laugh now, now, you know, it's, I, I remember the fun things. I, re, I remember the good things and it has changed my character. I, I mean, I'm like a 90-year-old man at this point because of, of all those experiences. That, that is uh, that's a level <laughs> of trauma that I wouldn't want to wish on anybody. That. You know, I don't wish it on anybody any at no, all. But the thing no. about it is, because of my experience, I can relate to someone going through it, which I would never yeah. have been able to do otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, it, it gives you a different kind of patience. It gives you a different view on the world, how temporary it really is. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing, Pete. You know, we talked about death. Everybody is, is being manipulated by fear of death. What's the one thing you can't prevent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would you fear something that's inevitable? Yo, that's everything that is on the news, actually, is something to scare you about death. Or at least from the left, that's it. everything is about death. Yeah, um, they make people so scared of dying, and it's like you know, I, there's something behind that. I mean, first of all, the oh, fact, yeah. the fact that we maybe like, how do I say this? And that sound like fucking crazy, I guess. But like, I, I guess if you weren't so worried about what might happen to you when you die, would you be so worried about dying? Yeah, you know, well, what, you know what I'm getting. <laughs> true that, right? Well. You know, if it's you go back a very to the, easy thing to scare people with because I, you know, I, how, oh, yeah. I know what it's like. You know, yeah, I don't. They've convoluted, they've, they've convoluted all the teachings to make a death. You know, everything that you do here, you get judged for after, afterwards. And that was never the case. Never the case. And then they manipulate the system to force you into doing things that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now they have a way to blame you. Manipulation again, right? Um, Yo, the whole fact the that you, you get popped out into this world and you're already at fault is fucking unbelievable. It's, it's bullshit. <laughs> just, just for people for like, just to think about that for a few seconds. The fact that being born, you're in the wrong. How fucked is that? 
What kind of it, who wants to even believe that and say that's the story I want to go with? You yeah, don't well, even and think about this. <laughs> we have the people in charge, the oligarchs in charge, whether it be secular or 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 religious, who are a hoarding wealth, starving people to death, torturing yes. people, murdering people, genociding people, and then they get to turn around and point at you and blame you for being angry with them. Or for protecting yourself. You, you, now you're an evil person because you took a life in order to protect your family. Yeah. You know, there's this old saying that says, you know, there, there are people who just like to be left alone. But when you force them to act against their own wishes and you will not leave them alone, fear of death is the least worry that you have. Because once you make them make that choice. They have lost everything that they used to be. Um, and there is there is not a fire in hell that will keep them from getting to you one way or the other. And and it will not be pleasant. It will not be nice. And the only reason why it happens is because you chose not to leave them alone. I mean, it, it's that simple. And, and we see that in cycles. They just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. And eventually people get the guillotines out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, once, but 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 once you make that choice, once you make that choice, then the brutality and the anger and the rage is what you become, and that's the reason why you become inhuman. <laughs> you, um, you know what I said, and, and I, it sounds, I guess, fucked up, and maybe inhuman, but I remember, like, as fucked up as it is, or whatever, but like. You know, we saw all this crazy shit going on in all these cities and stuff, like I said, with the riots and stuff. But, like, if one city maybe, and I hate to go this far, but, like, and I won't say New York, but let's just say, like, one city, maybe one of these crazy fucking mayors or governors that was stoking the shit and letting everything go on. Just one of them was swinging from a rope in the fucking middle of town hall. Do you, you know, think this it, shit would have kept fucking going on everywhere else? Probably not. As fucked up no, and as no. crazy as that sounds, but if they would have seen that happen, and one, or even in New York, let's say De Blasio was hanging from a fucking rope, shit would have done changed real fucking quick. I know it's fucked up yeah. to say that, but I don't think people realize. I mean, and that's not even to the extreme that we'd have to go. But like if, if people look together, the, if they'd realize what we could do and stop, you know, I think we'd be able to stop a lot more shit than we think we can. If you look at the crimes that if you look at the crimes that have been committed against humanity by certain organizations for hundreds of years, even um, I'm more like the Vlad the Impaler type. I think what we do is we take a nice big public plaza and we put the, the spikes up. <laughs> and, and 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 we put plaques that says this person voted for this and this person took money from this and they did this and this and this and this and this is where you'll be if you do the same thing you know if you had a plaza like that that you you walk the, you walk the elected people through and you say hey look this one here voted against the constitution this one here took money from poor people this one here took took bribes and voted against the people this one here was an evil, heinous, you know, child molester. Um, please keep in mind that you will join them. <laughs> Things would stop. That's funny. That's, that's, I'm not, I, I, I didn't say anything about kill. 
I didn't say anything about kid, killing them. I, I pointed to Vlad the Impaler. Once they're dead, we'll just you know put some epoxy over them, and and th- that will be the reminder. <laughs> I've even thought myself, it's how fucking crazy I am. I was like, yo, if anything ever happened, like fucking like uh like uh, what the fuck, The Walking Dead. I'd be like, I'd be one of those crazy motherfuckers that's got like you know dead bodies like stuck on poles yeah. around yeah. around yeah. my house just to mind fuck people before they even got to my door. Well, you brought up zombies. I, you, I did a podcast. You for you if you want to start problems. I, I did a podcast that talked about two ways that we would have zombies. Um, and the first thing that we got to talk about is, you know, fast food and, and soda pop has human uh, uh, embryonic cell tissue that they make the syrup out of. Well, y'all knew this. <laughs> um the the slurry the slurry that they make the syrup for soda pop out of is a human uh, stem cell okay and the filler that they use for fast food is made with human stem cells so we've already we've already created a whole generation of people who are addicted to human flesh that's the reason why i can't stand the smell of a fast food restaurant when i go by and they're cooking it makes me nauseous but now that is two things that people need to be aware of. The syrup in the sodas is made with human stem cells I and the slurry that. that's the slurry that is made for the filler in fast food meats and a lot of commercial meats is made with human stem cells. Um, that was proven years ago. They, they did the, the tests on the fast food meats and it came back with multiple human DNA. Just saying. So. You do that first, and these people have been eating this stuff for at least 15, 20 years that we know of. The test was done in uh, 2006. So we already have cannibals, and they don't realize it. That's the reason why they crave it so much. It's also the reason why their intelligence levels is dropping. You eat human flesh, and you're a human, your intelligence drops. Okay? Um, So I, I don't do anything without providing proof. But here's the thing. They've been eating human stem cells and drinking human stem cells and soda pop for for at least a decade and closer to 15 years now. So you can take in the labs, you can take three pathogens from three very specific parasites. And what you do is you, you put Ebola with hemorrhagic fever, with rabies, you know, Ebola, hemorrhagic fever, with rabies and the flu. And now you have a disease that can be spread through blood, through bites, through scratches that spreads through the air and creates zombies. Incredible. And they have already been trying to develop it in Africa. That makes me think that makes me go back to uh, because that shit uh, serpent in the rainbow. Mm-hmm. I like some zombie. What well, do you know? Then. Um, a lot of people aren't aware of this, but you know, the Russians, the Russians got into the bio labs in the Ukraine, and one of the things that they released is that they had figured out how to put Ebola and flu together in one of those labs. Well, there's there's step number one. All they have to do now is get rabies attached to it. You know, it's weird how you mentioned uh, McDonald's and soda with having what you say stem cell in it and you know human shit. Um, yeah, there was a stem cell uh, slurry. There was this fucking episode. I'm not sure if I used it or not. Um, when we were covering the order of Quetzalcoatl, there was stuff that we came across that we thought um, at the time. And I do still think that they're a part of like the Internet uh, aspect of it. We came across a lot of stuff that kind of pointed at clown sack and we really didn't want to get involved with 
throwing their name around mm-hmm. too much because it could like easily just make your life hell just from behind the keyboard. So we like yep, we yep. kind of just like you know we threw in like some that. things and we threw in like videos that might have been associated with people that they were associated to try to give the hint or like hoping somebody might be like is that clown sec and might you know realize what we're trying to talk about. There was a yeah, video yeah. Um, that they had. I can't remember if I used it or not. It was like this. There's this one dude always dresses up like a fucking clown in his music videos. And he does this video where he's like laying down and uh, he kind of looks like uh, Ronald McDonald. And he goes on about like, you know, how he like doesn't feel bad about the ridiculous amount of money and like the type of food, like if they even knew what they were eating. And then he focuses on like Coke and drinking Coke and like talking about like if they even understood what that was like. And now I'm thinking like, was that guy talking about? fucking cannibalism cell focusing on mcdonald's and soda mm-hmm. stem cells sounds like it doesn't it, it does sound like it, mate. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a slurry that is made from human stem cells and grown um one of them is turned into a syrup for sodas and the other one is turned into organics to be put in meat filler this is crazy yeah one time what? one time we covered like little nas x like i i sometimes like you You'll see these things, and I think most people probably just take it as advertisement or like, oh, it might be some bougie, expensive stuff. But like in one of his videos, for some reason, they focused on Estee Lauder uh, night serum. And I'm like, I I think there's more of a reason why they did. I don't know. I just thought it was too weird. It was beyond advertisement. I think it was like some weird shit. The video was about that. The video was weird. I think it was about him like turning into like a vampire or something like that. And uh, I looked into that shit. And the main ingredient that is used in that night serum is uh, Bifida bacteria, which is like um, babies are born sometimes with this thing called spinal Bifida. A Bifida or something like spinal that. Spinal Bifida, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's when that like kind of like ferments and turns into alcohol, I guess they suck that shit out of the fucking sack or whatever. And yes. they, yep. uh, they, turn, they use it to uh, put this shit that you're putting on your face to make you look younger is coming from that. Mm-hmm. Do you know, mate? Yeah, I think yeah. it's I was similar. Like, oh, what the fuck? I think it's similar to like adrenochrome. You know, with like a, the age inside of it. I could be wrong. Yeah, you know, I got. Sure, I got so angry. Covered, and then when we covered the Shriners, that's one of their biggest fucking operations that they do for children. I was like, oh, I got, God, I got so angry last year, and I, I tried to keep it to myself, but. They came out of a political banquet and said that they really enjoyed the walnut sauce. Oh, They actually walked yeah. out of the banquet and said that they the walnut sauce was fantastic. Um, well, that is made, that's, that is, that's used in like pedophilia terms, right? Well, no. What, what walnut sauce is? What not walnut sauce is? Is it's the tissue of the pineal gland of a child. That they have ground in and made gravy out of. Oh, fuck! Well, I can see the walnut being. That makes total sense to call it a walnut. And oh. uh, that means, well, and you know, they could have got it from aborted fetus. They could have got it from, but you know, that's not how these people work. That's not how these I people. I can see work. aborted fetuses. Maybe they do push Planned Parenthood a lot, but who knows? Huh. But uh, you know, the thing about it is, is we know that they do other things. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And it wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be good unless it was fresh. You know this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
That is and people the, are like, oh, they don't do that. They don't do that. Well, you know, they had a whole hearing with a whole panel of the judges that came back and talked about child sacrifice within the systems. And and in the, that video, I put I tried to put that up on a couple of different platforms, and it got taken down quick. And all it was was the actual press conference of the judges discussing child trafficking and child cannibalism. Um, but you can't leave that up on platform. Oh my goodness. Yo, that cannibalism <laughs> shit is fucking, you know, what, what fucked me up? I, well, I mean, I have no idea because I guess the conversations weren't mentioned anything about occultism, but, uh, and not to plug like another show, but I mean, it's, it's a crime show, Sword and Scale, I think it's called. And like mm-hmm. episode 20, like focuses on like, there's this guy who was like, I think he was like a church, some church dude who had some like public show on like their public channel with like puppets and Muppets and shit. And somehow, I don't know how, they ended up, like, ended up finding out that this guy had, like, you know, porn, child pornography in his computer. And then ended up finding, like, these, these really weird Yahoo chats in rooms with people that were legit talking about how to kill and eat babies. Uh, None yeah, of these it's, people it's anything about ceremonial and nobody mentioned anything about magic. Now, I'm not saying they were not into it. But there just could be sick fucks who are not into this shit who just do this stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, it happens thing a lot have more too. than people have to realize. The other thing that you have, too, is you have those extremes that are put out there to hide the regular ceremonial stuff. Yes. You know, it, it's yes. a distraction. Yes. It's, it's look over here at the right hand, but don't pay any attention to the left. Crazy yeah. people do that. Uh, That's yeah. all that is. It's just crazy people. Yeah. yeah you know. I think a lot but, of pedophilia you have, has been has been deemed pedophilia when it could be something else as well. I think that's happening. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's about like a misconception. This. Yeah. Like a misconception. Well, you yeah. know, it, you put the craziest people that you can out there acting. Like you remember that that gal that that's in with all the stars and she does the the uh, feces and the and the menstrual blood and she did that whole oh, big yeah. show um, they put online. Yeah. Well, no, they put I, her out there. They put her out there as a distraction from the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And, you know, they made a big show of it. It was a big theater. Um, who the heck knows what she was actually using, but they made a big theater of it. And they did a ceremony. And the ceremony is more important than what, what was actually being used. You know, it's that indoctrination thing. Um, it's Starfire uh, culture, that raven. Well, and you think about this, you think about this, if you can get people, uh, you know, I don't watch horror flicks anymore because those are ritual sacrifices and I'm taking part by watching. You know, I don't care if it's Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees or, or, you know, that, that cabin in the woods showed you exactly what it was. And what happens is, is by, by watching those videos, you are taking part in that sacrifice, even if it is just staged, it's still a ceremony. I've thought that about shit in other ways too. It's very interesting. Well, if, if, if it's it's about it. focus and attention, if that just makes it adds to it. Yeah. Raven. Well, you're giving power to that ceremony. Raven. Is it um, yeah. Marina Abramovich? Yeah, that's her. That's her. Uh, yeah. You know, I, whatever. But, you know, a really good example Cabin in the Woods. And I know you guys cover a lot of different shows on, on your podcasts, but. Um, Kevin in the woods, they, they get a bunch of teenagers, they pick them, they send them out, 
and then they do a ritual sacrifice with each one um, to their various gods. Well, it's the same well, thing have, in all these movies. If you think about it. I've seen you know, if, if, if it, um, but anyway, it's a it's 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 a ritual sacrifice, and they actually show you what they're doing. They're sacrificing to the gods, and if they do it right, the gods are happy. If not, all hell breaks loose, quote unquote. But you can go to Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees committed all those murders ritualistically and 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 grotesquely, and he became he became uh, immortal. Same yeah. thing with Freddy Krueger. Um, it, it's showing that, that the sacrifice makes you immortal. Oh, I um, think Krueger kind of represents the beast in a sense. The first one, yeah, I definitely think is as well, the beast that. chasing the fucking Scarlet Whore in a sense, them both going at it. Yeah, true, he was a beautiful one, sir. Think. Yeah, he was. He yeah. was. They they threw him in a furnace to burn him, and he came back. Um, yeah. But you know, the whole purpose of that thing is 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 the pedophilia that he did, and then they killed him. He came back, and he became immortal. Was it? And then he committed the ritual, the ritual murders of children, um, in their dreams. But you know, the thing about it is, is, is like people don't think about those kind of. You know, it, the old saying is, is what you let in your eyes is what comes out. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's deep. Um, it's a good point, though. Well, well, and the thing about it is, is it's like uh, a lot of people don't realize that your eyes actually release photons. So you're actually releasing light from your eyes. That's the reason why at night the light from your eyes plus the ambient light around you allows you to see in the dark. But if you stay in the dark, complete darkness long, long enough, then the photons from your eyes will increase and you'll be able to see at night better. Um. You know, it's it's just a, it's a weird system. People don't think about all the way things interact all the time. Um, but if you're putting out something and something is coming back, whether it be a horror flick or, or whatever you're you're putting into your eyes, it's becoming part of you. Um, and, and people just don't think about these things. It's funny that you mentioned that your eyes uh, almost kind of shine themselves because <laughs> I've often thought that, and I'm like. You know, you hear that you hear that phrase used, and I, I knew somebody who was uh, in the medical field, and you know they say like you know you see the lights go out in people's eyes. Unfortunately, if you happen to be there when they pass away, and I've often yeah. like, is there something kind of behind that? Like, is there some sort of like actual light? Is that our soul? What is that? That like something does seem to leave like during that situation? Like, are we admitting something actual from our eyeballs? Like you just said. You know, I was I was friends with Paul Tracy. You know, I'm giving away my age again, um, but I was friends with Paul Tracy. And, and the year that he had the accident that killed him there in Indianapolis, I was watching on television. And when his car hit the wall, the shine of the car went away. And I don't know how to explain that to you any other way. The car had this gleam to it. You know, it looked like somebody had just polished it. Mm. And it actually had this like aura to it. I don't know how to explain that any differently. But when his car hit the wall, that aura went away. And I said, oh, hell, he's died. Um, and and uh, the footage with uh, the footage with uh, the, the NASCAR driver, and I can't remember his name, shame on me. I, I, I've never really been a, a racing fan, but um, uh, Dale, Dale Earnhardt? Yes. Was it Dale Earnhardt? When his car hit the wall, I happened to walk into a friend's house at the time. And when his car hit the wall, the shine went completely out of the car. And I said, oh, shit. And the guy says, what? I said, that just killed him. And, of course, you know, you found out a couple hours later that he died. 
um, you see the, the gleam go away from the car. Um, and, and I, you know, a lot of people aren't aware of that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, people have a light. You know, the old saying, you can see the light in their eyes. And if you don't, stay the hell away from them. Um, if they don't have any light in their eyes, they're not people you want to be around. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's interesting, that. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's just this thing that we have memories of stuff and we, we create all these sayings, but then it takes us a long time to get the technology to figure out what the hell the sayings mean. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, guys, it's, it's, you know, we see all these different things, you know, it, some, they call them wives tales and, and then we just names and then, um, but the light in the eyes, I'm telling you right now, I've seen people who are just, their eyes were so flat black that it went all the way out to like their temples. And it's like, oh my God, what is in there? <laughs> yeah. And then you see that one person that has the light in their eyes and you want to be around them. And unfortunately, so do the people with the dark eyes. <laughs> yeah. They want to suck the, the energy off of them. <laughs> You know, I did a podcast and I talked about the people, you know, I, I, and there was a movie that said life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. And I said, no, that's not right. It's people. People are like a box of, box of chocolates. You get, the, you get the, the ones that are just chocolate, and that's okay. Then you get the ones with the caramel. They're tasty. You get, I don't even like coconut, but when you get coconut and chocolate together, that's kind of like a, 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 a taste orgasm. I said, but then you get the ones that are just nuts. <laughs> Um, and you never know what kind of nuts they're going to be that day. Um, but you get the ones with the two different color eyes and you don't know if, if, if there's two people <laughs> looking back at you. Um, but you know, and that's, I use my comedy for things like that too. Um, you know, to try to convey things to people. Um, you know, we were talking about cannibalism. I, I did a whole podcast on crazy things people eat. And I brought up the fact that there are cannibal cuisine restaurants that are legal. There is, and you know something, Raven, I mentioned this recently. Have you heard of Countess Somerset Belanoff? She's meant to be the, um, you know, one of the high up in the Illuminati, so to speak. Uh, her daughter has got a cannibal cafe in L.A. Oh, boy. We know what they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, cannibal ca cafes are perfectly legal. And someone who's alive can donate meat to the feast. How's that for gross? Mm. <laughs> mm. Oh. Um, Crazy. In, in France, in France, there is a cannibal restaurant where if you're in dire need of money, you can donate your thigh, you know, leg of Larry or, uh, you know, rump of uh, Randy or whatever. And, and uh, I'm trying to use some humor, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, rump of Randy or rump of Rita, if it's a, if it's a nice one. Um, yeah. You know, the guy's walking down the street. And he goes, I'm going to be eating that later. Well, what do you mean? He said, well, she donated that to the to the meal next weekend. Um, <laughs> that's kind of randy there. But um, but the whole thing is, is, is you can go and donate whatever you want. They have a surgeon that will remove it and make sure that you're OK. You survive and they will pay you while you're alive to eat you. Oh, shit. That is I mean, it, it's real. They, so I'm sorry. Know, Ray, if you that, got, that's fucked up. That is probably fucked up. That sorry for swearing. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It, it, have you ever heard of the cannibals? 
I think there was like one or two guys, but there was one I know. He might have been over. I don't know, over in your area, Lee. I'm not sure. Over, over, across the pond. I don't think it was in the, uh, the United States. Some guy I think found some dude in some kind of weird ass like underground chat room, and like one guy came yes. over, like let him eat part of him. But I think he ended up yes, dying anyway. Yeah. Fucking right, insane, I, man. I could be wrong. I yeah. think it was somewhere around Germany. He, like let out like, cut his, like junk off or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, he did. What? I think he did. He eat his, 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 his wang or something like that. Well, you know, it's, it's testicles, a, something like that. I think it was in Germany, somewhere like that. Weird uh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and and it goes all the way back to the Aramon and Dijal, you know, yes, the disciples. Yes. Um, when you lose the spiritual and you become solely material, then even humans are just another, you know, board on the on the pile of planks. Um, it, it, it's you know everything has to be numbered. Every everything has to be accounted for. If you look at what they're trying to do now, they're saying that every time you breathe, they want to know, and and every time your heart beats, they want to know. It's it's all numbers. Everything is numbers. It's not human anymore. It's not spiritual anymore. It is purely something that can be measured, and that you know you guys you brought it up earlier. That is the whole Aramon mentality. That that Rudolf Steiner talked about a hundred years ago. Yeah, it it was uh, Germany that New York place, right? Uh, yeah, I just knew it was. I knew it wasn't over here, but that was some weird ass shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean it, and it's getting crazier. Have you guys noticed that things are getting? You know, we thought it was crazy in the in the in the two thousands. By the by, the time twenty seventeen hit, it it went from crazy to completely insane. Oh, um, it, it just as, as society as a whole. Yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, think so. I think we noticed it on TV, and that's how I try to pay attention to it too much, but. I definitely realize, like, I hate to say, but it does seem like crime is going up, but it's just like fucking crazy retarded shit. Yeah, it wraps up, What's wrong with yeah, people? Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, you know, between the television programming, the real programming that's behind the television, and then societally, the, the, the family, the destruction of family that's been worked out over the last 50 years, the destruction of connections and, and emotional well-being... Um, plus the psychological warfare that's being waged constantly on people. Um, and, it, you know, you're seeing this complete, and it's not just here. I, I've got friends in Russia. I've got friends in Europe. I've got friends in, in Africa and South America. And they're saying, unless you're just in a certain very specific area, it, it is totally insane. Somebody will just pull a knife out and start stabbing people for no apparent reason. Now, are they being programmed to do that? Yeah, are they being yeah. programmed to do that? Or, or have they just lost it? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Really no, does I how many of these people that are acting out, out of here, uh, around here out of nowhere, I'd love to know how many of them have been jabbed. <laughs> I've offered one. Well, like, oh, for real, all you have to do is hit a switch yeah, yeah. frequency that can make these motherfuckers like, oh, I'm just fucking nuts. I'm going to go stab somebody in the subway now for no fucking reason. Well, what I have noticed, what I have noticed with the people who are, and I, you, trust me, I watch patterns. I, you guys got this for me. You know this. I watch patterns. Yeah, yeah. I can see the people who have been jabberwockied. They, they have a, they have, they have shorter. I call it jabberwocky. I like that. Um, well, you know what the jabberwocky was, right? But the people who have been jabberwockied, 
their their mental state is fragile um their memory is short term and they they seem to wonder occasionally um especially if they're like in wi-fi fields which is like really weird like if you go to a box place that has wi-fi or where i work at they have the the high-powered overhead wi-fi the people who have been jabberwockied they kind of lose it on a regular basis it's really weird to watch them they just kind of space out and forget what they were doing but Every person that I've found, their health is is totally trashed. Crazy, it really is. I mean, the, the heart conditions, uh, uh, migraine headaches. Um, I had one who was completely clear of cancer that died of cancer within three months of the second Jabberwocky. But we know why. It's it's the lymphatic system attacks your body because your body is producing something artificial. And the lymphatic system says, "Hey, wait a second! That's not supposed to be there." So it it, it attacks healthy tissue and turns it and turns it into cancer. Yeah, it like it rejects it, don't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is the science behind it, um, and I covered that in my podcasts. Um, but but the whole thing here is 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 uh, we're seeing this mental even even in kids i hate to, i hate to even fact that, that they did this but even in kids you're seeing this mental loss and, and this like meandering thing that they're doing like zoning out um well it's even worse than zoning out i mean i used to be a daydreamer but these they'll be walking down the hallway and forget what the hell they were doing uh, <laughs> you know, and they and, and they weren't that way before you know, it's just as well they're older. No, these people these people are like teenagers up to like forty five years old. They wouldn't have, you know. The only difference is, is that it started after they got their first jab. Yeah. Um, and you know the clots and and the the things that are going on with women's monthly cycles and 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 losing babies and things like that. It's just insane. But you know they released the list and all these things are on the list. All these things are on the list and nobody's like listening to you um you know they released the 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 list and of course bears you know that's our uh, uh, incident reporting agency in the united states they're covering up the numbers and so are the cdc but but uh, all these effects were known back in january of 2020 i did an interview and i said look if they come out with these mrna jabberwockies this is what's going to happen why because for 20 years they'd been trying it they were 100 successful at doing one thing they killed every lab animal they gave it to. They either killed them with, well, all the symptoms, um, stroke, heart attack, uh, myocarditis, myelitis, which is where your uh, nerves swell up until it kills you. Um, the lining of your nerves swells up until it kills you. Um, such debilitating neurological issues that you die. Uh, clots, uh, anything that, that was uh, cardiopulmonary, um, embolisms, cancer. 20 years, all they did was kill every lab animal that they had in the labs trying these injections on. And then they give it to humans. Yeah, and it's the same process. And even worse, because they put the spike protein in there. Um, the spike tro protein will attach to your testicles. Um, your ACE2 receptors are in your testicles, which and the female, the female uterus and ovaries have ACE2 high high volume ACE2 receptors. So when they get the injection, they now have an STD. Well, it will transmit. Um, 
you know, that's a fact. So if you didn't get the injection and your girlfriend did and you have sex with her, you now have the injection, whether you intended to or not. Oh, that's fucking wild. It is. That is a fucking Well, and the other problem with these is it's doing exactly what it did in the labs. It's creating acquired immune deficiency and uh, immune-dependent enhancement. Acquired immune deficiency, everybody knows. That's AIDS. Right? But the the acquired or the uh, acquired... the immune-dependent enhancement, I'm sorry, immune-dependent enhancement means that if you are exposed to that pathogen, you're more likely to die when you're exposed. Yeah. This, this is fucking crazy, this. Well, and I was telling everybody this in January of 2020. Um, look out if they come out with these mRNA or RNA injections because we know what they've done in the lab for the last 20 years. And... This is what's going to happen. You're going to get uh, acquired immune dependency because they put an HIV strap in it. And you're probably going to end up with immune dependent enhancement, which means if you get exposed to a corona, any corona strain, that's the thing. It doesn't have to be the corona strain that they created. It could be any flu strain. You're going to have a more serious reaction and you're more likely to die from it. Does that mean, baby, does that mean that uh, you would get AIDS, so to speak? You basically do. Um, If you look at the paper, if you look at the paper that they they just released, everything is acquired immune, blah, 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 acquired immune, blah, 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 which basically what they're telling you is is that you have no immune system anymore, which is what AIDS is. Um, If you went, if you were jabberwockied, if you were jabberwockied and went to give plasma, which is what they want is your white blood cells, your immune system, your white blood cells. If you want to get plasma right now, they would ask you if you've been jabbed. And if you've been jabbed, they would say, we can't use you because you don't have any immune cells that we can use. <laughs> and they are saying that they are saying that right now, by the way. But see, there's a difference between there's there's the difference between knowledge and beliefs. People want to believe what the TV says. Fine. The middle of the word believe is L.I.E. It's there for a reason. Um, I would rather have knowledge. I don't need beliefs. Oh, yes, yes, but yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I was talking about this stuff in 2020, January, February, March of 2020, warning people. And I thought for sure, you know, the way that Native Americans have been treated by the government over the years, that the Native Americans would be the last ones to fall for it. And it's probably one of the highest populations of injected in, in the United States. And of course, they really went after the people in the Southwest. Oh my God, they got hammered with this stuff. Um, you know, I, I feel so bad for them because they're the ones that really got, got dropped on. Um, you know, and the bad thing is, is that this stuff is, is synthesized in a lab. It can be carried on a bacteria. Well, what did we see? Almost everybody who came down with what they call COVID had a bacterial co-infection. Yeah. Uh, um, see, people are like, how do you know all this stuff? Well, I've done a lot of stuff in my lifetime and, and biological, chemical, and chemical was, was one of them. Yeah. When I was much younger. Um, so, I mean, it, it's like, you know, if I could get this information off the internet 
in January of 20, uh, January 1st, 2020, I knew that there was a release. I knew it was from the United States and delivered to China. And I knew this on January 1st. If I could get that information, there's no excuse for anybody else not to be able to. It was made right here in North Carolina at the University of North Carolina by a guy named Ralph Barrett who worked with that bat lady right here in North Carolina. It was delivered through Fort Detrick by the NIH through through uh, Fauci and delivered to the CDC lab in Wuhan. Yes, I said CDC lab in Wuhan. Wow. And what it was is they wanted it to make it look like the Chinese had released a biological weapon on the world. When in fact, it was Fauci and his nihilistic buddies. Tell you what, mate, you dropped some bombs tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Well, and, and, and you can prove it by where it was created. It was created by Ralph Barrett and the Bat Lady here in North Carolina at Biolabs, which is owned by a certain Gates of Hell that we know, um, partially owned. Um, the original strain came from Peerbright in England, which is also partly owned by Gates of Hell. Yeah. And uh, they with the CRISPR and they were given you guys ready for this I'll drop the information um, they were put together with an HIV strap that's what holds it together there are actually proteins in the middle of the sequence that are HIV uh, I have a, and that's yeah. the reason why it does what it does to people um, it was CRISPR together with HIV strapping it's the same thing that they tried to do with Hendra and Nipah I don't know if you guys remember those Hendra broke out in Australia and Nipah broke out in uh, India interestingly enough very close to CDC labs <laughs> I tell you, anyway, what, he could make, so what, make this up. He could not make it up. Yeah. So what you so what you have is is you have a strap that was put in here to hold it together, and it required the artificial and patented protein called HIV. Human immunovirus is patented. Yeah. Um, uh, you never guess. You never guess who owns part of the patent. Mister Fraudchi. Fraudchi Weasel. Ouch. Um. His name is Fraudchi Fraudchi Weaselfouch and the Rockefeller Foundation. Oh fuck. Uh -oh. But anyway, and it was it was Rockefeller Foundation Labs in in uh, in uh, Africa that created the original AIDS strain with HIV attached to it. Um, but anyway, uh, so what you have is is you have uh, HIV put inside of a coronavirus, okay? And spike proteins added to it just for good measure. And it was shipped over to Wuhan and released, but it had already gotten loose somehow here in the United States because we had college students in 2019 that at Halloween and at Thanksgiving had had a really bad case of the flu. And the minute they got over the flu, they died of a heart attack. So we know it was in the United States. It was in the United States in October of 2019, killing college students. Which means it had to have been here at least 30 days e earlier because it's a 30-day yeah. gestation, gestation period for flu. We had a 15-year-old here in North Carolina that died that Christmas from a heart attack after having the flu. That's the spike proteins going after the ACE2 receptors in the heart. So we know it was here at least by late September in 2019. So there's no way it could have been Chinese. Mm. The Chinese, unfortunately, got the Chinese, unfortunately, got got it dropped on them. And, you know, 
people are like, why are the Chinese so bad at the Americans? Because they know that these nihilists in charge are the ones that drop this thing on them. <laughs> well, and if you're in, and I'm not saying that Putin is an angel and, and I'm not saying, oh, but yeah. I know some Russian I know Russian people and, and and some of them are really, you know, the ones that I know are really good people. They're just like you and me. Okay. But they had those labs in the Ukraine and they had accidental, accidental, quote unquote, releases. But if you were in Russia and you know that those labs were in there creating this shit and you'd seen what they'd done to China with the first <laughs> virus, would you have sat there and let them keep doing it? Hell, I wouldn't have. I'd have bombed them a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, I would have. I'd have used precision strike missiles, and I would have eliminated those bio labs immediately. Because, first of all, they're in violation of international treaty. And and yes. and Putin and anybody in that area would have been justified in eliminating them biological laboratories just on premise alone. Mm. So I've given you guys some history that you probably never heard. No, not at all. No. Well, yeah, man, you blow my mind tonight, proper. Yeah. Royally. So well, I'm you know, make, I have let me go back to what I said. So I can release this on my end as well. Yeah, yeah, well, it's like well, you know, but, you know. but yo, I hate to jump off. It's just that uh, one, I do have to get up. I've been sitting for way too long for. Uh, I'm sorry, brother. Oh, no, 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 no. It's quite all right. I wanted to jump on for about an hour. It's probably a little bit longer now, but I, I need to get up because my back is starting to. Well, well yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. maybe we can uh maybe we can uh do this again next weekend and and as far as you go uh New i'm York, around definitely. if you want and i just want to get do, you on my show want, again for real i need to really get if you, you want to do a show i can do a show any morning if you want um it's oh, just oh, after oh, about oh. after about twelve thirty in the afternoon i'm tied up and that's eastern day time oh that's awesome to know all right, yeah, if not this week, because of, you know, the, like I said, the situation with my back end, I'm finally finishing up with the Skinwalker series with Lux, but uh, maybe the next That's week. That's a good series. I, I good might, series. Thank you. I, I might get you on. Uh, I might get you on an early morning live, if you don't mind, on the, uh, yeah, the I'm good. Next, uh, New York Patriot show. Yeah, that'd be great. If, 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 if In I general? If available in the mornings, I mean, I'll have all three of us on. That could be really fun. And In general? Yeah. In general? Anytime. Anytime. Give me a holler. I, I think my yeah, listeners right. that jump in the chats would definitely appreciate you on. I think you'd get questions, yes. and I think they would definitely get involved. Raven, next week. Yeah, I'm good for it. Definitely. You want to do it again next weekend? Yes, yes, 100%. Yeah, should, yeah, yeah. I'll just, uh, I'll have to get the exact, uh, make sure the exact time in, you know. Yeah, just, let us know what yeah. time suits you, and we'll try and work around that. Uh, yeah. I, considering my situation, I don't think I'm really going anywhere too often. So, yeah. well, you guys, you guys coordinate the time, and if you guys yeah, want to do it on happen. Sunday, yeah. yeah, if you guys want to do it on Sunday, we can we yes. can go anywhere from like ten o'clock my time on. Nope, nope. Any time, any time. And, and that would be that would be earlier for general. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, awesome. I really had a, I had a great time. I'm fine. I'm glad I actually jumped on. Like, as soon as I was seven, you on, I was like, fuck it. You know what? I asked my wife, I was like, yo, help me put this equipment up real quick. I was like, I got to jump well, on because I talk to you all the time. I was like, I need to finally actually jump on the mic with this guy. Thank, so, thank your wife. Uh, it was awesome, man. I really have really nice meeting you. You know? Yeah. I appreciate thank you guys. You. I appreciate thank you guys. You for everything we'll do it again next week. 
Yes. Yeah, do, you and, want, uh, do you want to let everybody know where they can get old of you, mate? Uh, for me, oh, the, the New York Patriot, uh, just whatever, the New York Patriot show, most uh, podcasts, Bit Shoot, Rumble, and the Occult Rejects, same thing, Bit, Bit Shoot, Rumble, and all major podcasts. Brilliant. Well, don't forget, don't forget Torn Moore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is actually, yeah. Torn Moore. I, I do want to say, though, not every single episode we do will go there because we do understand what we're dealing with. So we try to just put on there what we think will get by. But that does have, um, that has Lux Rising, my show, and the Occult Rejects all on there. Between all three shows, you're at least getting one or two a week regardless. So definitely check that out. Yeah, yeah, and and I do the lives on, and we do the lives on there, so it'll be cool. Raven, if he jumps on, you'll see him on a live on there. Well, and then with me, you can find me at Spreaker, E R E A K E R, Spreaker.com, and it's under Raven Kiefer or No Apologies Enough Said. Nice, I use Spreaker too. I'm pretty happy with them. Nice, well, I, I use Spreaker because they don't edit. They don't try to cut me off. They don't try to do anything. And then I got to I, I gotta be real careful if I try to go cross-platform, though. I have noticed, though, with them, for, for them themselves, I really had no problems with them at all. And, and you know what's funny? I was uh, I was checking real, real quick, and then, then I got to get off. I was checking on uh, something just, I guess, on Twitter. Something seemed weird, and me and Lux were checking things. And we're checking our account, and our our Spreaker does automatically post to uh, Twitter. And when Spreaker oh. does it, when Spreaker, when our episode comes out, we have it automatically posted to Twitter. And uh, it signs in from Switzerland. So I'm wondering, wow. I'm like, I'm like, I'm wondering if like over there, if their whatever their laws when it comes to this type of shit is a little bit more lenient. And that's why, like, I've you know, knock on wood, for, you know, for now. I've never had a problem with Spreaker. Other yep. platforms, yes, but Spreaker, not at all. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I've, it, rec- I've recommended a lot of people to go there that have had problems other places. Yeah, for sure. That's what we did. Uh, Cult Rejects, we had problems with Anchor and Spotify. We switched over to Spreaker. I said, fuck it. I'll just put it yeah. on the account. Okay. But anyway, for everybody <laughs> who knows, anything that I get will be on Spreaker, but not likely to show up um, other than maybe a, an announcement that I have new podcasts on, on the Bluetooth. <laughs> okay, mate. No problem. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm going to go and uh, I'm definitely going to, uh, when I can get a chance, uh, just let me know when you put this out, Lee. I'll put this out on my end as well. Yes, was... mate. Yeah, I'll uh, download it now. All right. So, you guys be well. I appreciate you guys. Great meeting yes. you.